0: Well, the good news is that uh, you know, the regular weather is returning to Florida. It's going to be 60 some I think it's 61 is the high today. This is great. This is, this is like tropical. <laughs> yeah, it's the way it should be, right? So uh, I've I got to study the weather. I've got to find out. Uh, I'm going to go take a look at a chart and see exactly how this storm happened. I was uh, suffering through it, as most of us, in the, in the panhandle, uh, you know, just off the Gulf of Mexico, which we, I'm wondering where the Gulf Stream is. I mean, this is where it comes from, right? The Gulf of Mexico is supposed to keep us warm in the wintertime. I don't know where it went, but it streams somewhere else. Anyway, we've got a return engagement from the lovely and talented Bill Fetke. So, once we get to his, uh, he's in fact he's on the line right now. So, uh, without any further delay beyond the uh, usual circuit, let's get to Bill.
1: Hold on tight! Action Radio presents the Fetke Report. Here I come to save the show. There's no need to fear. The Fetke Report is
0: here. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. (laughs) 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 Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, too. I'm glad to have you back on the show for for, for today or however however many weeks we have you. I know you're busy. I know stuff's going on, but uh, it's always nice to get you back on since you were my first reporter anyway. I'll I'll be on for a couple. Yeah,
1: I'll be on for a couple of weeks, and then I have to uh, take off again. I'm having surgery the week of Martin Luther King's birthday on my foot, so I don't know what kind of capacity I'll be in. Oh,
0: no. Wow. Uh, so well, we'll you, you, you don't have to jog to the station. You know, you can just call us up. <laughs> call us from the hospital. Oh. oh, come on. Call us from the hospital. That'd be fun. And now let's see what the foot was. Well, that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, that, that, that's going to be on Monday, but by Wednesday I should be at least... Uh, little bit coherent so i sh- i'll probably be able to call him and we'll, we'll play it by ear and see how we go how it goes
0: okay well sounds good i mean like i said we're, we're so spontaneous around here you could even say you can't make it and call in anyway i don't care i put you right on exactly <laughs> it <matter>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh you know
1: yeah go ahead i i was gonna say is that you know now that christmas has passed i realize that i am an official adult and i know that because well, i have, have that really revelation ex- <laughs> when I opened up my Christmas present and I got excited about getting a leaf blower that also works as a vacuum,
0: so it goes both ways, as they say.
1: It goes both ways, yes. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a buy leaf blower.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Yes, it's, it's an LGB, which should be lawn, garden, and backyard. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no, I, I had one of these years ago, and I really loved it, and it
0: broke. Uh,
1: so yeah. now I got a, um, I got a new one for Christmas, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's got a mulching bag and stuff like that, and, and the things are fabulous, and so I'm really excited I got it. But I just realized uh-huh. that, yeah, I'm, I am an adult if I'm getting so, so excited a minute, me, about a leaf blower.
0: So this is your definition of adulthood is, is that you, you get to work more on the weekend? I, that's <laughs> not my definition. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Mine's completely different, by the way. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I purposely avoid uh, anything to do with uh, you know yard work, gardening, painting, plumbing, electrical. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't have time. I have no interest either. It's the same reason I don't have pets. You know, I don't want to uh, have a, – have a, I mean, dogs are wonderful, but I don't want to have an animal that I have to feed water and watch it poop. I'm sorry. I've just got other things to do. Anyway, back to leaf blowing.
1: <laughs> so I uh, so, so I do I do have a dog. I uh, love walking my dog because it gives me a chance oh, to that's kind thing.
0: of yeah.
1: – Yeah, it kind of spies – spies, I get to spy on my neighbors that way.
0: Oh, that's why you and, do uh, But you've got, you got to have that plastic <laughs> bag in your left hand, right? You know, so you got the leash in the right hand, the plastic bag in the left hand ready to go of course yeah. of course see, this is see i don't want to do that <laughs> go be crazy yeah and that. then uh i i love gar-
1: i love gardening um i do love doing my lawn it gives me a sense of accomplishment uh, but you know this past week really kind of sucked for me because you know i was getting ready to go out of town and visit my parents uh-huh. and here we go with uh this arctic freeze that comes down And I have live orange trees, lemon trees, uh, tangerines, uh, papayas, and so I'm busy trying to cover all this. And at the same time, I'm starting to pick uh, my oranges. And now, granted, if you can imagine this, my orange tree is probably about 10 feet high and probably about, maybe about 8 feet wide.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it's not really a big tree
0: yeah you know, and be. Uh, I'm looking Unless I'm look, cut it down yeah oh well, yeah <laughs> sorry
1: i am I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at it, yeah, and I'm going, oh. oh, there's probably about fifty or sixty oranges on it, so I started That's picking all of them, and I ended up with three hundred and forty two oranges mm. on that small little tree wow and uh so th- and then I started picking my lemons, which the tree is probably about fifteen feet tall but only maybe about five feet wide, so I didn't mm-hmm. think there was gonna be many lemons on it, but I ended up filling up. Three thirteen-gallon garbage bags full of lemons.
0: Wow, lemonade.
1: but my, but my lemons are not normal lemons. They're about the size of grape, are uh, bigger than grapefruit.
0: <laughs> really? What, what did you, what, you? You have like a plant food or a secret or something? What do you do to your lemons to make them uh, watermelons? I take care of them. Oh that's so sweet. We, we, <laughs> no, honestly, we, we, yeah. we, we, we need and like the ah tapes. It goes Oh Bill takes care. <laughs> And now nature's no, they uh, they're, they're Meyers, Yeah, they
1: <laughs> they're uh Myers lemons and they tend to grow pretty big to begin with and honestly uh-huh. I don't know why they got as big as they got, but uh even people who grow big lemons kinda of look at mine
0: and go, Wow yeah. Um, so yeah. They, <laughs> Bill's got really big so, lemons. That's that's an interesting quality to have, but that's another story. <laughs> we'll worry about that later. But I guess what's interesting though, is is but that the problem um, was
1: uh, is storing well, okay, leaves, go ahead. I had oh, to figure well, out sure. where I was going to store all these things because, huh. you know, here I was leaving for five days, and right. if I leave them out, there's a good chance that they're going to spoil, which means I'm going to lose them all if I don't pick them. Right. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, needless to say, I understand the migrant worker well a lot better after doing this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, there are food banks
0: that actually could uh, seriously. If you don't use them, I bet you there's food banks that would love them. Fresh lemons and oranges. Oh
1: no, I no. use them. I I, oh, okay. I use them and okay. Sorry it it's if just a mean. matter of I You don't
0: get any oranges yeah, and lemons. I myself.
1: wasn't <laughs> So far I've squeezed uh, 7 gallons of orange juice. Wow. And I still and I still probably have 100 oranges to go.
0: Okay. Now this is good, but my point that I was going to make is that this is a great use of land. I mean, lawns to me are absolutely useless. I don't like lawns. I don't. uh, They. they, I see people cutting grass for no reason. You know, there are native plants, natural plants that grow naturally. I mean, Florida's had an ecosystem for how many millions of years. You know, without being lawn cared. You know, so they're native plants, and I'm a firm believer that all the lawn be torn up, or you have like some massive uh, property tax exemption. So, in other words, you get a, like a, I don't know, a 30 to 40% reduction in your property tax if you don't have a lawn. I mean, that to me would be a great incentive, right? You'd call it the lawn tax, you know, but, uh, because there's so many things you can do. But you figure all the, uh, the energy that goes in and the time that goes into a lawn. You've got a garden. Gardens are great. Fruit trees, love it. Native plants that, that grow naturally and are adapted to the soil and the climate, wonderful. Lawns, lawns make no sense to me. I've never understood lawns.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, we uh, we sold we've actually sold uh, the house that I'm currently living in to our son, and mm-hmm. uh, we bought a piece of property that we're going to be building a commercial lot. You know, a, the commercial lot that we're also going to double up and live on. And mm-hmm. I've already started laying down the lot. You know, yeah, the, I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now we are clear cutting everything.
0: I know. I'm, I'm not disgusted, but that's okay. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I, 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 I wish there I was a, you know, I don't understand that either, you know, because I would say work around the trees, incorporate them into your, into your construction and, and have the, have like a landscaping, have like a mold use. And there are communities that actually do this. I was looking this up. There are places you can go where they, they, uh, they work around the trees. They don't just cut them all down. Um, I think, you know, I would look into erosion problems and things like that, but just the fact that the trees, places look better with trees. They just do. You look at uh, Milton and Baghdad and some of these older places where they're overgrown with trees. And, and compared to a new, new housing development, which is uh, strip cut and, and provided with, with useless lawns, there's no, there's no comparison. There just is no comparison. You don't get the shade. You don't get the, okay. the erosion control. You don't get the beauty of the trees. You know, I, Listen, I know you can do it. I just, I wish, we would, I just wish you wouldn't. You know, I wish they'd find okay, another so way to, to that, do it. But that's just with,
1: me. With, that, with that, that said. With that yeah. said. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, the oak trees do nothing but kill everything that's on the ground when the leaves fall. My garden gets destroyed every year because of oak trees.
0: Uh, So make it mulch, make it fertilizer, mulch it all up and make it fertilizer.
1: Okay, plus it blocks shade. Um, It creates too much shade, which I know a lot of people uh, like it, but my fruit trees don't thrive in shade. So when I clear cut, I'm getting rid of all the useless trees that don't produce anything and I'm going to replace them with fruit trees, with a huge garden, um, you know, blueberry bushes, and stuff like that, so that it, all, everything will have a, a, a meaning. And not just something that looks pretty, but something that is functional.
0: I'll well, see, to, I think I'm oak trees do more than look pretty. Uh, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to look up the, the benefits of oak trees, because now you got me in, inspired to... Uh... So, to look into this, but I think... Because you know, all I know people, is that they, you know, they
1: just drop their seed and create more oak trees all over the place, and I'm pulling them all the time, and it's really annoying.
0: No, so, but leaves... So look at a natural forest. Okay, natural forest, they have what's called succession. You know, you go from grasses to plants to hedges to, to trees to bigger trees all the way up to oak trees. Okay, so the, the natural succession, and, and these, these forests have survived for millions of years with leaves falling. So it can't be a detriment, mm-hmm. you know. It go, th- those leaves are absorbed back into the soil, just like the trees. You know, when they when all the fungus and molds and things take them apart, you know, over however many years it takes to take apart a tree, you know, that, that all those things go back into the soil, go back into the trees. It's like a recycling program. So the idea that the, you can't use the leaves doesn't make sense because forests have have used leaves naturally, you know, for millions of years. So I bet you there's a way to do Correct. it. I, I, but have you looked though? That, but, you know, that's my question. Uh-huh. But. But, I'm
1: introducing. I'm, I'm really introducing foreign entities to our natural our natural uh, ecosystem. Orange mm-hmm. trees are not native to this area. Uh, Were well, they from Barcelona trees, or, or
0: Valencia? Valencia, Spain, I think well, is just where
1: for, it is. It's just, for, it's just kind of yeah. further down south, but yeah. But oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I mean, so when you're talking about you know putting a garden in, it's not mm-hmm. natural for tomatoes to grow in this area. Um, sure. i i grow i i grow tomatoes i grow green beans um mm-hmm. okra you know that stuff is not native to this area, so when you have an oak so when you introduce it and then you have an oak tree that's yeah. throwing down its leaves, it kills that stuff because it's not a, has, it hasn 't adapted yet to the to the environment
0: Yeah. No, I see your point. It it makes sense. And like I say, I like gardens. At least you don't have a lawn. Uh, I'm just wondering if there's a way you can keep maybe the oldest ones or a few of them around or something. I don't know. I just, you know, like I say, I just don't like seeing big trees cut down.
1: Well, there's a big oak tree that there's no way out. Yeah, there's one huge oak tree that's probably about a good five feet wide that I know I'm not going to be able to touch. (laughs) Okay. I mean, Well, and
0: don't you have historic requirements or aren't there, uh, don't you need a permit to cut down a big oak tree?
1: Oh, it, it, if i get a permit to cut down this thing then you know that i'm greasing somebody's palm because there's no <laughs> way
0: anyone's gonna let me
2: cut well, <laughs> well okay no so good so you keep the big old oak tree
0: <laughs> you know it, it's it's like you know the the great deer like bambi's you know the prince of the forest the old deer the old deer you know most deer didn't live that long but they kept the old one around you know the old one was doing fine yep so i don't know i just yeah
1: like, well it, yeah. it it's okay. in the back of the lot so i you know i i will be able to keep that one and I'll let it okay. sit in the back of the lot and, and I'll just kind of figure out what I can plant shame around. Shame
0: it to uh shame the tree, shame the tree, shame its leaves. Yeah. You'll curse it when you walk by and you'll go, Oh no, there's a leaf in my way. Oh no. Okay, I know what you're
3: gonna do. <laughs> no, anyway,
0: it,
1: it's nothing to do with that. It's just that these oak trees are, are you know, when they, especially when they start getting older, um mm-hmm. and the branches get way too heavy, you know, when we have our hurricanes, it is mm-hmm. uh it is a risk. And yeah. it's, you know, and it's, a, and it's a decision that we have to make as far as, you know, beauty over um, safety.
0: Well, I think it's not just a question of beauty. In fact, I'm going to look up oak trees and find out the benefits. But, I mean, maybe you could replace them with pine trees. Yeah, you know, I don't even know if oak trees are native here. Were they, were they planted here? or they always been no, here? Oak, yeah.
1: Yeah, oak trees okay. and pine trees are native to Florida. Pine right. trees, to me, are the ugliest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. There's so much like benefit.
0: Bill tree hater. Oh, I
1: love trees. Okay. I, I love weeping willows. Weeping willows have always been one of my favorites.
0: Oh, well, that's, uh, that's nice
1: because they're well because they're balanced and they look like yeah. an umbrella, basically. Um, I don't hmm. like I like trees that look balanced. I don't like trees that are just kind of sprouting every which direction.
0: Oh, really, That's some pretty strict criteria yeah, so for they, your trees. Okay, I'm just curious.
1: Well, I very you should see the way I manicure them too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think and, I and should. I can't really. that, that you mentioned it. Bill's tree manicuring service. There we go. Okay, fine.
1: <laughs> and you know, and like right now, I'm staring out my back uh, door, and I got mm-hmm. six cardinals that are playing around in my pear tree.
0: Um, I don't have a
1: partridge in my pear tree, and but a I got cardinal, cardinal
0: in a pear tree. tree.
1: <laughs> but I,
0: I, I do have On the a family day after to Christmas. My you love gave to me a cardinal in a pear tree. <laughs> we could rewrite the whole song. Yeah, we could rewrite the whole song. Yeah. Now,
1: most people don't understand what that song actually means, and they take it I post 12 that. days before Christmas.
0: Oh, what is it? 12 days after Christmas?
1: The first, yeah, the first day of Christmas is December 25th, and the partridge in the pear tree is Jesus in the manger.
0: So Now, if you go to the Oh My God group, I actually found an article on this that explained what all of those things mean. Now, I had never heard that before. Yep. It's quite fascinating, but each of those things does mean yeah. something. Oh, Josie texts me. She, she, she's with you. Cut down all the trees. So you guys are kindred spirits. You know, just, <laughs> just crank up the chainsaw! Let's go! Let's make nature our well, servant. Well, she's, she's yeah. got a bee
1: farm, so yeah. So, so the bee farm, mm-hmm. or whatever you, i don't know if
0: you call it a farm. Or you bee say farm, the oak trees kill the bees. bees? Don't don't even try to tell me that the oak trees kill the bees. That ain't gonna fly.
1: No, but the oak course, the but bees the trees will. actually get in the way of bees because the bees will go into her
0: They can fly or around them, Bill. Bill, the bees can fly around the trees.
1: No, but they'll they'll bur- bur- burrow themselves inside the trees instead of putting, instead of being inside the uh, her honey maker, and so then she would never uh, get honey.
0: Hive? You mean a beehive? Is that what you mean?
1: Beehive. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you the word. Yeah, the makeshift beehive, which, which okay. is just a box. I mean, let's, I mean, be you know, to make honey, it's just a box, is what it is.
0: Oh. Okay,
1: have you ever seen those Australian yeah, so. beehives?
0: The, the, the Australian beehives where they actually split the hexagonal cells, and they, they have this whole thing you twist it and all the honey drips down, as opposed to yeah. you know disturbing the bees and bringing out the thing and then crashing those those all those little vain things. Well, I'm looking for, for I'm still looking to do a bee show. You know, in fact I've, I've I've asked maybe about anywhere from five to ten people. I've forgotten how many over the years to come in and talk about bees, and nobody seems to want to take me up on it. Beekeepers are a very reclusive reclusive lot. They don't seem to want to share their knowledge. Not sure why yeah
1: you know i i bought- I bought like a small little box that has like individual tubes that are supposed mm-hmm. to be for like a makeshift beehive type of thing,
2: mm. and wow.
1: I hung it to where and you were I hung it right next to um like this palm like a palm that I had, like a very small baby palm, mm-hmm. and the bees never took to it, and they instead they created their hive underneath the palm
0: leaves. <laughs> You know it's hard so to train you bees. You know what I mean, tree. Bill? Bill, it's hard to train bees. Bees don't. You know you can't like do the, the circus thing with the the chair and the whip. It doesn't work with bees. Okay, you, you got to provide. Well, that's why you cut
1: down, down the trees. You give them no oh, choice. that's
0: why we need to cut down the trees to save the bees. Another great debate. You have to give them no choice trees. but to use
1: your beehive.
0: Oh, okay. Bees versus trees. This is where we're going. Good to have you back, Bill.
1: Sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> okay. Do we have any
0: news? I'm just curious. I mean, I, this is kind of fun, actually, but, you know, some of our remote life. You know, Yesterday, we got hysterical, too. It must be the time of year. It's like nobody cares about serious stuff anymore. Let's just have fun. And I, I actually, that's not a bad idea. So what well, you I mean, you have business?
1: to have, during this, this, during this time of year, you do have to be kind of light, more lighthearted. You can't be serious all the time. We can't always, because if we talk about news that's about humbug. Um, and we sound yeah, like Ebenezer right. Scrooge. So you know, well, I time
0: Yeah, I try and bring a bunch of stuff that, that's you know more interesting. But um, you know, and this is this is what this is what keeps the show going. Yesterday we got we cracked each other up; it was hysterical. I forgot all the things we had. We had Brianna Cannon, we had uh, Josie, we had uh, Pianki, and me. <laughs> between the four of us, it was hysterical. So uh, it's uh, we we have good times on the show. Yeah.
1: So but I guess the major question for this time of year, and it's a very serious question, is.
0: Mm-hmm. When do you take down
1: your Christmas decorations?
0: Well, I never put them up, so it's easy for me. I'm, I'm still in that that no yeah. plus uh, area. Yeah, um, I think, because you, you know, generally you can't put them up before Thanksgiving. Are, You've got to do you got to put them up at Thanksgiving, and they should be down before Martin Luther King Day. I think those are your holiday boundaries. And If they're still up by Valentine's Day, okay. then you're really out of it.
1: <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, Catholics believe that you can't take them down until King's birthday. Which uh King's Day, sorry, not King's birthday. Uh mm-hmm. King's Day, which is January sixth. Um which I, oh, know, I think there's a Yeah, what
0: was well the there's king, a second condemnation. The insurrection king. <laughs> sorry.
1: Yeah, well yeah, I kinda I, you know, I kinda wondered about Congress with picking January sixth as the day to anoint the king of United States. That's very um, interesting. you know, I, obviously there is a there is a little bit something there that I think that uh Congress well, has really shown the true colors. To
0: be uh elector vote counting day is what it is. It's, it's supposed to be confirmation day. It's not supposed to be uh it's not supposed to be uh you know revolution day by the deep state. Deep state picked their own government day.
3: <laughs> you know, that's, that's the problem.
1: Well, yeah. Well, well, you know, King's Day was first and that was the day mm-hmm. that the three king, three kings came and uh saw Jesus, which is also the 12th day of Christmas
0: by the way. And they didn't try to bribe him. <laughs>
1: Well, they
0: they so, tried to yeah. bribe them, didn't they? Well, then, well gold, they, they, they brought gifts, but they, you know these weren't these weren't bribes. You know, see that's the difference. See, Nowadays, you know, the, yeah. the modern you know Democrat Republican uh, coalition would would try to bribe. Hey Jesus, we got a deal for you. Come on, come with us. You know, come to our convention. <laughs>
1: exactly. We'll
0: make you one of us. Oh, really, <laughs> we, got, we got photos of you. Yeah, we got photos of you hugging
1: and kissing Mary. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: you yeah, know? yeah. Not only that, we have you in Russia, even though Russia doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Got yeah
1: <laughs> and we and we have you kissing Joseph also, and you know all exactly.
0: that garbage mm-hmm. yep yeah are are you trans religional yeah,
1: so <laughs> 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 well, you know i uh you know i, I grew up Catholic,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: but then you know the uh, now you're with not all old. the decisions, and mm-hmm. now that all the uh bad decisions that the Catholic Church has made all, all over the year. I've really kind of grown sour on them, and now I've mm-hmm. for the last five years. I think it's five years. Yeah, five years now. I've been going to a Pentecostal church. Hmm. And uh, what do you see yeah, the differences? Uh, what
0: what, what do you see differences? I'm just curious.
1: Sure. Um, the biggest difference is the tone of the service. Uh, hmm. You know, the Catholic church is more solemn and very peaceful, and uh, where you go to a Pentecostal church, it's more like a rock show. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I used
0: to uh, go visit a Pentecostal church in San Francisco, and it was kind of fun because I was like the only white guy there in the church. And, uh, you know, a lot of times i just go outside and just listen. Sometimes, you know, I could knock on the door, hey, everybody. You know, and it was fun. I mean, it's just, it was unbelievable services. There's another Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco. It's a fabulous church. Uh, it's a Christian church, but it is a revival. Man, it is music, and they get rock musicians and uh, jazz musicians, and it is—it's a party. It's fun, and that was—I forgot Cecil. Oh yeah, Cecil Williams is the is the priest at uh, at Glide Memorial, and he did this on purpose to to build the congregation. He brought in the best musicians in the world, and so all these you know folks that uh, wouldn't be famous because of segregation, you know, black jazz musicians and, and other musicians would come by, mm-hmm. and now it's world famous, you know, and it's it's great. So these church Pentecostals are—they have a good time. I'm not sure what they doing oh, they're it's, great. I... It's, it's great. It's great. Go ahead well
1: no i do love it and you know he te- he teaches the bible as it's written uh no interpretations
0: okay. wow what a shock! Uh, which
1: is something yeah which is something that i really enjoy uh pastor brian kinsey is mm-hmm. known uh worldwide uh he's written many books uh he oh. just got back from serbia not that long ago um he has uh he he does a lot of different speaking engagements all around the world uh very, very famous within the Pentecostal realm. Um, yeah, and he's right here, born, or not born and raised here, but he's been here for the past, I think, 15 years, something like that in Pensacola. And hmm. he's grown that first, uh, first Pentecostal church right on W Street in Pensacola. get him on the show. It's a great why, why
0: don't you uh, ask him on the show, especially right before yeah. we do? It might be interesting. Yeah. I'm open. Yeah. and yeah. Yeah, so, Pensacola uh, Pentecostal? Yeah, but he, but, Let me say that again. Pensacola Pentecostal. That's hard to say. Or should it be Pentecostal, it Pensacola? Either way, it's hard to say. my which way you do it, it's hard to say. So instead of saying it is. Hail Mary, you, know, you have to go Pentecola, Pensacola, Pentecostal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's a good time, and it, it's, he gets very serious when it's time to get serious, but he keeps it very light-hearted at the same time, uh, right. and he makes it so that you can understand, and that's the important thing. You know, growing up uh, Catholic in Chicago, half of the Mass was always in Latin. And as a kid you really get disconnected because you don't understand anything that's being said. And so I I really got out of it for a long time. And then I came back um, and started going back to the Catholic church again, you know, probably about 10 years ago, maybe at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, and, you know, and you're trying to follow, you follow through, you're repeating everything over and over again. Um, But I didn't find that there was meaning behind it. You know, you're just, it almost felt like you're just saying it because it was time to say it. Um, but at the time yeah, I that, too.
0: Uh, that struck me in yeah. Australia when I was in a, in, a, in a Christian school and we had a priest who was very much into the, the repetition and the uh, and the ceremony. But, uh, you know, when I asked him questions, you know, me at, at you know, eight, nine years old, I was yep. a rather inquisitive little youngster. And I didn't I, you know, you think I don't have a filter now. You should have heard me then. Um, but I would ask, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know, what, you know, what do you mean? No, I put all the animals on. You mean the germs, too? You know, I mean, I, I was the one that asked that question. Right? Do you get all the bacteria? Get all them. You know, and of course the priest. after about five minutes of, of Greg, you know, of five minutes of my questions. And I, I spend most of my Bible class in the hallway, right? And the principal will come by and go, Greg, what did you do this time? Sir, I just asked questions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, can't I ask questions? Well, it's the questions you ask, Greg. But I just want what... to know. You know, I didn't know. Well, yeah, honestly,
1: though, that, that, and that's one of the problems that I have within the Catholic Church is when I ask questions that, don't really make sense to me, and I'm trying to make sense of this as someone who is relatively new to the religion. Hmm. I need ju- I, not justification, but I need clarification on what these, this stuff means. And so, the past when I first started coming to the church, uh, the pastor actually came to the house and did a Bible study, and I could tell huh. he was ready to strangle me because I'd ask all <laughs> the same crazy questions. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, but and that's then the I bring up though. comparisons. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, and, and you know, and that's how you get clarification. And really, after I went to Cincinnati, and in Cincinnati, you have uh, the remake of Noah's Ark, and then the Creation Museum.
0: That's right. And it, yeah. And it, tell me about that. And it
1: lays it. Yeah, and it lays it out so beautifully and perfect that there's really no more dispute about anything because they use science to debunk science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and it really makes a lot I know what of you, sense. I actually know what you mean by creation.
0: that. It, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah, people use science in strange ways. Um, that you know, that yeah. uh, you know, like the vaccine is safe and effective. Well, science proves it. You know, follow the science. Well, we did. <laughs> Guess where we got to? We did. It's completely thought. different. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah. So, uh, so that's fascinating. But, um, but yeah, so the people use science. Well, there's an old saying. Um, I actually heard by Ed Asner years and years ago, and I'm not a big Ed Asner you know, f- fan because he's a raving liberal, but he did say one thing that uh, he got from somewhere, that art upsets. Art upsets. Science reassures. And I always found it interesting that the cutting edges of the art. The arts are on the cutting edge, and the science tries to make sense of it all. And the problem is, like, government science or bot science. Um, this is something we should probably talk about. Mm-hmm. I've already posted on the, the Action Radio Gun Group uh, for Shirley to maybe take a look at for Friday that the CDC, uh, under pressure from gun groups, has removed the, uh, from their study that three million uses of guns per year save lives. They just got rid of that under pressure from the gun groups. And this is the same CDC yep. that, talk, that, that talked about gun ownership being a mental illness. And so the CDC, the Center for Direct Control, uh, is uh, is a whole, you know, strange place. And I'm going to try and get John Lott on the show, actually. It'd be really interesting to have him. Looks like Wendy's here, too. So uh, let's, okay. uh, let's see if well, you know, um, Since yeah, we're talking religion. You have to go? Yeah. Oh, no, actually, I will going to, to change Wendy? the
1: subject real quickly. Yeah, we'll, okay. uh, we'll come back to Wendy in a second. But I just want to say is that, um, you know, if, if we want to get serious for a second, um, I don't okay. know if you saw the latest report about, you know, Twitter already came out and said that there's a bunch of ex-FBI agents who work for them. But Facebook, it <laughs> now has uh, been exposed uh, to have over 151 ex-NSA and FBI, CIA agents working for them.
0: Isn't that interesting? Now, this is a revolving door we didn't know about. We know about big pharma because the the previous head yep. of the FDA is now in Pfizer, uh, and this is this is well known. But this is new. This is this is new to the FBI, NSA, CIA. Uh, are at Facebook, okay, do you remember you know what people are calling for now with the church committee you know we've been call- I've been calling for this for over two years in fact, I talked to Matt Gates about it back at WBY. so that' been four years ago I said we need we need another church committee because if people re- don't remember, go look at the videos of the church hearings Senator Frank Church, I forgot where he was. I think it was uh, Minnesota Michigan somewhere up up north in the great frozen land uh, you know these days, but they had these fabulous hearings and they actually reformed the CIA and exposed all the stuff they were doing uh what was that 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 uh, m k alter or something like that. Where they yeah. were LSD oh, yeah. drugging oh, yeah. people? Yeah,
1: MKUltra. Yep.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, mind yeah. control. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now yep. Do but but that's the only uh, serious thing I wanted
1: to talk about today. So let's get back okay. to uh, Wendy. Back to fun. And let's yeah. talk about some other fun stuff.
0: <laughs> well, here's some You're Hi. live. She's live.
1: Good morning. So when,
2: good
1: morning. So, Wendy, when do you take down your Christmas decorations? Um,
4: usually in January.
1: Do you wait till before or after Three Kings Day?
4: Um, well, I didn't grow up doing Three Kings Day because you know I, a lot of my Catholic friends do that, but I, I've never done Three Kings Day.
1: Oh, okay. That's a, you're, you're Baptist, right?
4: Nope. <laughs> oh, I <got> okay.
0: <laughs> One should not assume. I, Keep going, Bill.
4: I am. Yep, I am. i not. I'm non-denominational. I am a follower of Christ, and I don't – there's many things that I love about each denomination, and there's a lot of things I don't like, and bylaws are one of them. So I, I don't associate myself with a, a certain denomination. I'm just going to follow the Bible.
1: There you go.
0: Anything else? There no, nice. you got that well,
1: straight.
0: I, <laughs> hey, you know what's interesting? It's not, oh, yeah, no, it's was <laughs> well, going to totally change the subject. So now that, this,
1: well, now that she said it, I do remember okay, her saying that once before. I just kind of forgot mm-hmm. that she had said that once, you know, once before. Well, you've been
0: gone for a while, Bill. We have got to get you caught up with all the doings here. But I'll say you what's interesting. You know, the the joke at Christmas is, did you get a lump of coal? And considering the temperature out there and the fact they're trying to get rid of all our organic fuels, a lump of coal might not be a bad gift these days for people to uh, <laughs> to, to, to warm up. So true. <laughs> Given give the times we live in. What's that? I wish I had more coal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, and remember, folks, start calling them organic fuels because language is everything. Once you change the language, you know the debate is is won or lost by who defines the terms. Ooh, I like that. I should say that more often. The debate is won or lost yes, by who <laughs> defines the terms. Yeah, I'm getting profound this morning. I must have had sleep last night or something, despite the the freezing cold. <laughs> well, I got a heater in front of me, a heater behind well, me. Into the Valley of Death goes the. You know, into the Valley of Radio goes the the show. <laughs> Here's the left of me. Well, Here's you know, right me. Cold I weather am, does stimulate the, the brain. What's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> I said uh, cold weather does stimulate the brain. Of course, it makes pe- makes drivers really stupid for some odd reason, which I haven't figured out yet. But I will well, let you, know, you guys enjoy the rest of the show. You guys I'll have you a safe then. New Year, and we'll talk to you next year. Okay. Be Thanks, good. Bill.
0: Good to have you back here. All right. Let me play Wendy Seaman. We'll be, we'll be right back. When all about is corruption, debauchery, and anarchy, when everyone is losing their way, buried in a mountain of fake news and propaganda, there is a place you can go, where beauty and poetry of the mind get to play. Where is that place? Where is that space of wonder and magic? Where else? The Action Radio Arch Report with Wendy Arthur. Well, aren't you switching back to the art report? That's what I heard. I heard a rumor somewhere. <laughs> we should we should explain for our new listeners. Actually, we have new listeners in. Well, actually, Thailand is back, which is nice. But Belarus and uh, where else have we got here? There are new places. Um, a couple of African countries have joined us uh, in the last you know, month or so, um, we've got Zambia and Namibia. So uh, we're catching on all over the place. For those that don't remember, we actually had an art report with Wendy Arthur and she hated about six of my themes until I got this one, which is the one she hated the most, which is of course why I kept it. And and periodically we, we bring it about, I hadn't played it for a long time, but we did our anniversary show Friday. And Wendy says, hey, remember the art report? <laughs> yes, Wendy, I do. <laughs> so I couldn't resist. I just, I just thought of that, you know, like minutes before you came out, I said, let's have some fun with Wendy. <laughs> which I tend to do, because you have the most infectious giggle in the world. Hi, Wendy.
4: Well, thank you. Hi, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, well, we have um, new listeners, and we have new uh, people posting and joining the groups, the Oh My God mm-hmm. Report group on Action Radio, um, the, uh, all the different pages that we have. We also have been have joining on the art group um, quite a <laughs> bit lately. So. And yeah. one of um, – Posters um, had mentioned. Uh, well, you had posted a, a, a somebody else's post um, mm-hmm. regarding Matthew, uh, and and I wanted to just kind of address that because it it seems. Um, I I love it when somebody is honest and says, "Can you explain that?"
0: I think that was me, so, <laughs> Wendy. What's this uh, mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh,
2: well, or somebody there, or was somebody, somebody else, else did somebody that. that?
0: Okay. Well, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, this show is about questions, you know the answers are great, but it's it's really don't never be afraid to ask a question, you know. And so we do that, uh, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hear what you uh, what you came up with.
4: Well, um, let me go to the group real quick because I want to um, and acknowledge the person who asked the question. Uh, let me see, Kyle Williams. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. He had said, do explain, please. Merry Christmas to all. And so, um, Kyle, I hope you're listening this morning because we want to address um, the.
0: I'll tell him anyway. Listen to the podcast. I'll mark the time here. Greg
4: had posted. Yeah. Yeah. um, um, Because Stu Peters was the person who originally posted this scripture and Mm -hmm. you had posted uh, from him. And um, he said, there are many reasons he became man. Talking about Jesus, he became man. World peace isn't one of them. And that's a shocker to a lot of people when they you know hear something like that. Mm-hmm. The scripture reference that he gave was Matthew 10:34. It says, "Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword." Um, so that that was the the verse that was posted. And then Kyle said, "Do explain, please." So that's what we want to tackle today. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, now Kyle's in you know, Sacramento, so
0: he's, he might, it might be a bit early for him. He's out in California. Um, so okay. uh, I'll, I'll, like, that's why well, I mark the time there. when we start talking about this. So I'll I'll send him the podcast and say, hey, Kyle, we talked about you. Yeah. Like, oh, and I missed it. Oh, no.
4: <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So Kyle and, and all the other people out there wondering about this, let me go ahead. And, and um, I, I'll, I don't like taking verses out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a verse out of context, one verse, and pull it out of the Bible and make it, Apply or say whatever you want it to say. So right. that's why it is so important that we keep it in the context. So the context of what this this was the beginning of, of a thought um, that was being written out, and it's really not just Matthew 10:34; it is Matthew 10:34 through 39. Um, mm. And so I just wanted to read that. So and now get the, the rest of the story. <laughs> That's right, the rest of the story, because if you take just that one verse, you're thinking, well, Jesus is mean, you know? (laughs) No. So let's begin to what this verse in context says. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'll start at 34, we'll end at 39, and again, this is um, Matthew 10. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So this is a hard passage for a lot of people. They hmm. just think this is awful that you know, Jesus had come to set families at enmity against each other. That's not what he's saying. <clears throat> so, I mean if you're just gonna read it at first glance and not dig deeper, then mm-hmm. I can understand why you would think that. Um, so let's kind of that's dig, why into we dig deeper. a little bit
0: <laughs> But that's why we always that's go into right. these things and, and uh and pursue them, yeah. Yeah.
4: So um, does God really want enmity in family? No, he does not. That is not the heart of God. God is about love and reconciliation and unity and all good things, and he loves the family unit. He wants it intact. But what he is saying here, it's a comparative um, passage because he's saying that if you're going to say that you love me, It's like when I say I love you, I proved it because I died for you. I gave up everything I had to save your soul. I gave it all. There was nothing else I could give. It was the highest gift I could give. I did it and and I obtained salvation for you. If you're going to talk about love, because this is really Mm -hmm. what it's about. um, It's about comparing your love for God compared to your love for anything else. And in the uh, Jewish culture. Family is everything. Um, Italians understand that a lot. Um, you know, they, they, it's all about family. Um, there's, so you have to understand that the importance of, of the reference here. He, he could have chosen anything to compare it to, but because that was of utmost important in the Jewish culture, and it still is today, um, mm-hmm. that he's saying even family the that you love more than anything love me more because if you don't love me more than anything then you aren't worthy of me um and that's a hard statement but it's true so he's saying "I, i i led by example i didn't just say love your neighbor or help somebody i i went to the cross i gave my entire life and shed my blood for you to obtain heaven and blessing for you. If you're going to say, um, do something, then I Mm -hmm. will show you by example what I'm asking you to do. So he's not asking you to die for him. He doesn't need that. He's saying, just love me more than you love anything and anybody else. And And that
0: doesn't mean hurt anything or anybody else. It's not like a mutually exclusive thing, because it doesn't say you can't love your family. You know, incredibly, no. uh, this, is, this is all new to me, no. so I'm kind of working my way through this. And I'm thinking there's, there's no exclusion here. It's not an either or decision. I think a lot of people think, well, if you love God more than family, then you can't love your family. Well, that's nonsense. And I don't know if that's exactly. necessarily clear in the Bible, you know, when, when, they, when they talk about this. But uh, it, it sort of makes sense because, you know, if you don't, you know, you can lead your family astray if you're the head of the family. Or if you're, you know, a strong influence in the family, exactly. you know, you can you can say you love them all you want, but if you're not following the path, then uh, then off you off you go, and off your family goes with you. So, exactly. the, so I think the that's the one thing I would take from this is that they're not mutually exclusive, and I think maybe that's one of the things people are missing. They think it's an either or situation, and it's not.
4: Exactly, because God okay. is about family. He wants you to love your family. He wants. Um, unity, he wants a um, a wonderful strong family unit. Um, mm-hmm. so that's why he's saying if you love me... <laughs> what's <humanity."> that like?
0: <laughs> Sorry. I <laughs> just yeah. <didn't> bring my <laughs> personal stuff into it.
4: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah mo- most people have not grown up in that. <laughs> um it's wonder why are up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah So
0: I mean I would like to but, be a little late one day and <laughs> see what it's like. <laughs> it might be kinda of fun.
4: Yes. <laughs> well so the two words I want to focus on here Um, Mm -hmm. is peace and sword. So Mm. what what does that really mean? Because um, the world's definition of peace is not the same as God's definition of peace. So when they say, when they see uh, him say, think I came to bring peace on earth, I -hmm. did not come to bring peace but a sword. So what does that mean? Because our idea of peace is Um, No war, no fighting, everybody getting along, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The the absence of... uh, Kumbaya,
0: group hug. (laughs) Okay.
4: (laughs) So basically, if you go to Webster's, um, its peace is State of National Tranquility, Exemption from the Rage and Havoc of War, Peace Between Individuals, i.e. Harmony Concord. So... Mm -hmm. um, that's the world's definition of peace. And if you'll notice, mm. he said, um, do not think I came to bring peace on earth. There's peace in heaven. There, there's nothing um, stressful going on in heaven. It's all peaceful. It's all love. It's all light. It's all wonderful, good things and beauty. Um, so I find it interesting that he said I do not think I came to bring peace on earth because he already let us know in other scriptures that mm-hmm. you will have trials and tribulations here. This is not heaven. Earth is not heaven. So earth is where you have trials and tribulations and heaven is where there's the complete absence of all of that. While he while we are here on earth he said that I give you my peace, not peace as the world defines it. And matter of fact, there's an actual scripture um, that says that in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the mm. world gives do I give to you. Let mm-hmm. not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So what does he mean by my peace? Because he's not talking about the world's peace, the absence of, of stuff. Um, you know, strife and and all that kind of stuff. So, what does my peace mean when God is saying, "I'm going to give you am my peace"? So, if you go back to the Greek and the Hebrew, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the original languages, uh, it's that word that He's using there is a Greek word p- um, pronounced "arene," <clears throat> and it's talking about in Christianity, it peace that God's talking about is the tranquil state. Of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, fearing nothing from God, and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. That's a lot for one word, right?
0: <laughs> well, no, it's interesting. I was just thinking as you're saying this that, it, that it's a, you know on Earth it's like a, the the different definition of peace is the absence of war, but in, in God's definition it's the absence of fear. If I can simplify it.
4: Yes. Yeah. Totally the different absence of fear. And it's a tranquil state of of knowing that you are assured of your salvation that the blood of Jesus bought for you. So Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on, like like all the craziness we've got going on in the world right now, Mm -hmm. um, I have absolutely no fear whatsoever. And I have total peace because I know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be with the Lord if something happens to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a win-win for me. If I get to stay here and finish my assignment, you know, here on Earth, great. If I get taken out and I'm going face to face with Jesus, that's a bonus win right there, you know. So mm-hmm. I yeah. win no matter what. So there is no fear in my life. I don't fear anything. So um, and because I know who has me, I know who I serve. Um, so there is totally wait, different piece.
0: This is huge. This is this is what you're saying is a massive statement because in absence of fear, you know, you look at any of the the, the totalitarian governments, all they function is on fear, and exactly. so this makes sense. This makes sense as to why they have to remove any uh, faith in God, any belief in God, any just of religion that that puts the state in the way because the state the, the the state has fear, their biggest fear is that yes. people will not be afraid of them. That that through God, yes. there is no fear of the government. And so this, this is fascinating. And so that gives me, you know, new armor to, to go out and say, you know what? Now I know why I don't fear. Because I, I, do, I do action radio fearlessly. And something can happen to me and yeah. uh, this will go on. The idea is already out there. So I don't worry about that. I just keep going and doing what I think should be done. But it's interesting that, uh, that the absence of fear is the most dangerous thing to a totalitarian government when you think about it.
4: And that's exactly right. Because Hmm. that's how Satan's kingdom operates, is fear, intimidation, manipulation, and witchcraft.
0: Hmm. I should give myself a round of applause.
4: (laughs) You should give yourself a round of applause.
0: I've never actually done that. All right. This, the one time only, in four years I've never done this. This one's for me. This says we don't have
4: fun
2: here. <laughs> uh, we, we have you our deserve
4: moments. deserve that because that, that was a revelation, and so that was it's important because the things that are revelation you really go down deep into your soul and, and you remember that, and yeah. and it's a, it's an important building block. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and you're absolutely right. So, so now, that
0: <laughs> wait a minute, wait, I got to take that. Hang on, this is our direct pipeline. Um, yes, God. Yes. Okay. Stay humble. I'll do my best. I, it's a, it's a rare moment. I'll I won't, I'll try not to let it happen again, sir. Okay. Fine. God tells me to stay humble. So okay. No more applause for me. Back to you, Wendy. <laughs> I think it's the only show where where, where God calls in.
2: I think it's awesome.
0: It is um, great.
2: It only happens on this
0: on your report too. Have you noticed that? It never happens any other time. Yeah. Thanks okay. God. Appreciate the help. We have yeah, to
4: okay.
0: here. <laughs> we, we do. We uh, do. But we're not religious. Thank you, Jesus. Not even close, um, no. Well, this is – go back and listen to Bill. I don't know if you heard how much Bill was talking about, but it's quite fascinating that uh, his journey from Catholicism, you know, to God, <laughs> which is an, it's kind of an interesting way that yeah. I phrase that. Uh, yeah.
4: Well, and he's – and there's a, a world of difference between the two. He's right. Um, so,
0: well, no, that was my so, life from Catholicism to God. But when you think about it, God-fearing oh, oh, okay. actually is a contradiction, isn't it? If you're a God fearing why would you fear God? That doesn't make sense well, That never made sense to me
4: again, you have to go back to see what the original Greek and Hebrew mean. Um, okay. It doesn't mean um fear as in cowering afraid it fear is the awesome respect and reverence of God.
0: okay, that makes sense,
4: so you know that's hmm. what they're talking about, yeah. Um, So we need to get to the other half of this, which is the Mm -hmm. sword. So if Jesus didn't um, come to bring peace on earth, Mm -hmm. you know, world peace, um, then he said, I came um, wielding a sword. So um, let's talk about what sword means. Um, A sword is a weapon of war. Mm -hmm. And it is an, there's a verse in Hebrews um, 4.12 that talks about the scriptures being a sword. He says, for the word of God, which is the Bible, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Came with a sword. Mm -hmm. He's saying that it's, I, I am here to war against sin and evil and everything that can, di- that can separate you from me. Huh. I'm coming for you. I want you in my family, and I'm going to war against anything that keeps you from being in my family. So if your family is, um, has an anti-Christ spirit, um, which means that you know they don't want nothing to do with God, and they don't want you to have anything to do with God. Um, yeah, you know, people don't here in America don't really understand, um, like in Muslim countries or mm-hmm. several other countries, that if your a family member converts to believing in Jesus, they're out to hunt you down and kill you. It, it's not just that they don't agree with you. No, they will kill you, especially if you're a woman. Um, So it's just this horrible, horrible thing, and you are disowned by the family. Now, uh, it's it's just a a really costly thing um, for somebody in a country like that um, all over the world that, um, that they don't have the freedom to worship and believe as their heart tells them to. So um, if they want to believe in Jesus, they they understand that when they make that decision, it's going to cost them their family. It's going to cost them their status in society. It's going to cost them everything, including up into their life. So understand that they get it much more than we do, Um, the sacrifice that Jesus made. He gave it all. And so they are willing to pay the ultimate price because they – understand the beauty and the salvation of Jesus and the blood that he shed. So it's not just, oh, I'll just pick this God for today. God is not an idol that you put on the shelf with all the other idols. Um, He's not a small G God. He is the God. He is the only God. And he said, you have to make that decision. And if, if don't put me on a shelf with all your other idols because I'm not going to stay there. I won't sit there. You, I won't allow you to put me there. Um, and you can keep your other idols if you want to, but if you're going to follow me, that's why he's saying you aren't worthy of me if you're just going to think I'm one of the other gods, little g, um, in your life. And that you just want to kind of work me into your life and just I'm just kind of a, like a little um, safety net. And he says, I, I don't operate that way. That's not how I roll. I am everything or I'm nothing. So, because I gave everything for you. So, understand the importance um, and the weight of decisions that people make in other countries to follow Jesus. It costs them a whole lot more than it ever cost us over here. Because as of right now, we still have freedom to choose who we want to um, serve or not serve.
0: But it's interesting, the parallels between uh, Islamic theocracy, like Iran, you know, which will kill you if you, if you try to, to leave Islam. And, you know, I think uh, Islam means to submit. And that's what they post on the buses in San Francisco anyway. You know, Islam means to submit. Well, you, we don't submit to Islam. And I'd be curious uh, how the, – the, the, we should do a little comparative religion uh, as how the, the uh, Muslims think of Allah. For example and and how this all came about. I'd be curious, you know, and then why there's such a conflict in, uh, you know, believing in one God. Uh, And it's the same way that, like, you look today, you know, if you don't believe in the government, the government's like the God, you know, follow the narrative, follow us. You know, we, uh, you know, if you don't, you know, and it's not, it's, you know, like anybody's free to disagree with me on the show. I don't care. It's kind of fun, actually. Uh, That's not a threat to me. You know, it never has been, uh, and in fact, it's not a threat to anybody that is, is comfortable and confident in their beliefs. It just means that someone disagrees. Exactly. But the left, you know, you disagree with the left, they take it personally. They take it like a like an insult. Like you're not one of them. You're not of whatever it is that they are of, and they'll do everything, you know, all the way up into uh, mass executions and, and genocide, you know, to get their way. <laughs> you look at uh, all the people yeah. being killed in different countries. Um, so it's a completely different thing. Tell me that, that God would never tolerate anybody that said they believe in God. You can't do that, you know. And it's not—it's not, uh, so different. It's so alien to to our nature as people. But the the parallels between fundamentalist Islam uh, and Marxism are huge, which is why I guess they they join together so many times. But it's all—it all comes down to that same thing: worship and believe in in your government god or your or are your religious god and forget the real god. That split's always there.
4: Exactly. Huh. It's always there. <laughs> it is always mm. there and yeah. so when when god um refers to his word his his written word here and his spoken word um mm-hmm. as a sharp, uh, as a sword he says it is um quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword yeah as in a, a real sword that you have put in your hand and mm-hmm. But it still divides. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Only God <clears throat> sees the thoughts and intents of the heart. We see the outside actions of people, mm-hmm. and, and we assume things based on what we see the action um, regarding you know what, what it's dealing with. But God says that it may look right on the outside, But I see the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And Hmm. my word can discern that. So it's really important um, that when God says that he wants to divide things, he he wants to divide um, us from anything that's going to keep him from knowing his heart, from knowing him, um, that things that are going to be a distraction, people that are going to be a distraction, people that can be actually – on a path to harm you, and that they talk like you're—they're your best friend, but their intent of the heart is to derail you in some way. So um, it's—he knows those things. That's why it's important for us to rely um, on him and have a real relationship with him, so that we actually <clears throat> are talking back and forth to him. He says, "Come, let us reason together." Yeah. You know, God is not a dictator. He's not up there saying, do as I say, or, you know. Yeah, both. God
0: doesn't kill you for he not does. believing in God. <laughs> this is and a very different than, uh, than a bunch of other he things. Yeah. And, cause, yeah.
4: and here's the thing. Yeah, <clears throat> because we're born into a fallen world. Thank you, Adam. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but. Oh, blame the guy. Jesus, so they
0: always blame the guy. They always blame the guy. It's always well, the guy.
4: No, no, Guy's no. no, no I'm, I'm teasing thing. you. Everybody has blamed uh, for all this. Really? Things. But. Oh.
0: So explain that. Well,
4: point. in, in we the garden, a, you know, right. um, the serpent comes up and he's having this conversation with Eve. And, and he he had just enough truth in what he said um, mm-hmm. to get her to doubt. Because hmm. yes, did God really say not to eat of that tree? Um, well, yes, but, but she added and and not to even touch it. God didn't say don't touch it. He just said don't eat of it.
2: Hmm.
4: So and he he started messing with her mind, and then saying, "Did he really say that? Is that what he really wanted?" Well, God knows that if you eat that, you're going to be just like him, and you'll know all things like he he knows. And the tree was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God never meant us to know evil. God only meant us to know good. When He created the garden, it, everything was perfect in it. Everything wanted us to only know good so that tree was the knowledge of good and evil and so so if Satan god
0: only want us to know good why was there a tree in that garden in the first place
4: because if it's not a choice if there's not a choice we don't right. have free will
0: okay that makes sense
4: so there will always be a choice for us to make and and we are free to make whatever choice we want to make. So, you know, just understand that. So, anyway, so the serpent, through fancy talking, deceives Eve into thinking, well, it's really okay. It's really a good thing if you want to know and be like God, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be like God? So <laughs> – So he deceived her. But guess what? Adam was standing there during that entire conversation. Adam was not deceived. He knew exactly what God had said, and he knew that he was fixing to transgress. Did he stop her? No, he did not. Did he say, whoa, 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 you're not going to talk to my wife like that, and you need to take your lies out of here because you're fixing to deceive her, and I'm not having that. He was not her covering. He did not step up and take his place because he's thinking, you know what, <clears throat> I got more ribs. So if God takes her out for eating this, this fruit, <laughs> I have more ribs I can get another wife.
0: <laughs> oh, so, so like, uh, like like trading for a trophy wife next time, huh? I get it.
4: Yeah, there you go. You know, as, as a younger model, gorgeous, you know, God, you know. <laughs> some things so, don't change. Yeah, the okay. thing. yeah. So Adam was not deceived. Eve was. So hmm. it, it's on Adam for not stepping up and doing what he should have done. Um, hmm. That's why. He so said, where's the right? greater?
0: The, so the greater crime is interesting the way, the, the way you phrase that That the, the greater crime then is being deceived is, is, is a crime because, you know, you should have known better. But the greater crime is knowing that someone else is being deceived and not doing anything about it
4: protection in that? Where's the love in that? So, yes. Um, man and, up,
0: Adam. You know, so Adam didn't man up. That,
4: that, that's right. Well, yeah. and that's why it says in scripture, you know, through one man, Adam, the world fell, but through mm. one man, Jesus, everything was redeemed back. But okay. so, <clears throat> because we're still in the fallen world, mm-hmm. um, you know, because sin was introduced into earth because of Adam's disobedience, um, here we are. You are born into a sin state because that without Jesus redeeming, that's all that we have. They thank you, Adam. He screwed it up for everybody. So we are kind of harsh penalty.
0: Don't you think That, that we all get condemned because of what Adam did?
4: Well, yes it is. But you know what? Jesus redeemed us all back. Everybody has, has salvation available to them. It's your choice if you want it or not. So, you know, Jesus came and fixed what Adam did. So, but he's not going to force it on anybody. It's still Hmm. a choice. We have free will. So um, this is how it all comes back um, to where the thoughts and intents of the heart are really important. And God sees that. Um, But he has made a way for everybody to obtain salvation. You do not have to go to hell. That's not ever um, what God wanted for any of his family. He wants you in his family, in heaven, enjoying the blessings um, forever up there, but while you're here, he walks with you, he gives you the peace in the midst of the turmoil, he, he makes helps you make right decisions, um, and gives you uh, discernment so that you see through the wiles of the animals. So, that's the good news for today.
0: <laughs> well, it's great news, and I was just thinking, you know, uh, as my life, you know, you know, the saying let go and let God, or in my case, let go completely and just hang on, uh, things have been easier you know the 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 worst situations traumas problems hassles uh obstacles all that kind of stuff and i've had them all with action radio i have never once doubted or worried that i wasn't going to be okay through it all not once and so this is this is, this is like you know the, the gift of god is is very very straightforward and just just carry on it doesn't mean you're not going to struggle it doesn't mean you're not going to have you know hard times but it, but uh keep going and uh things things amazing exactly I mean, I see miracles all the time. Uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating how this, is, uh, how this is all working out now. And I wasn't that way, you know, years and years ago. And I uh, had the, the usual, you know, human limitations. Uh, now I don't have those limitations. And uh, it's really interesting. Um, in many ways, I think I was born again with heart surgery, you know, when I was literally dead for four hours on the operating table. And when I came back, I came back a different person. Uh, and that, I think, is fascinating. We should talk about that sometime, too. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's yes. a common experience or not, but it's certainly that's my experience. You know, I am not the person I was before heart surgery, not even close. Uh, and it's a uh, it's very, it's a, you know, and the more I think about it, you know, the more I realize how necessary that was for reasons way beyond health. And that's something to talk about, too. Yeah. The other thing I
2: find,
0: yes. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work on that one. So, so let me know when you want to uh, <laughs> walk down that path. Um, but the other thing you talked about, too, with is if we have just a couple more minutes here. That we talked about Earth being a competitive place and struggles and things like that. What the, you know, another question I have for God and a very uh, you know, question I think is kind of profound is the fact that we have a world. And you talk about struggles on Earth. I mean, you know, it really is survival of the fittest. Everything on Earth is competing with everything else on Earth to survive. That's an interesting yeah. system. So if you wanted peace on Earth, you wouldn't do that. So what we really have instead of peace on Earth is struggle on Earth. And that is the, that is the system that we're born into. You know, there is a struggle. There's competition everywhere, you know, whether it's income, you know, at the human level or, you know, your next meal at at the animal level or even the plant level, you know, who's going to reach up highest and get the sunshine. So that that would be an interesting topic, too, to explore why God created a world where there's no peace anywhere from the depths of the oceans, you know, way up into the sky. There's there's danger. There's competition. There's a struggle for survival. And yet through that all, the the, the best of everything seems to, uh, you know, persevere. And it's uh, that's a that's a question I have, too.
4: That would be a wonderful, wonderful show to do, and that okay. that'll take more than a half hour. But but it would that would be a great show to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So these are the questions I like to ask, and folks, especially our new listeners, you know, and in places like like Cuba, who listens now, uh, and some of the you know all the we have Muslim countries, we have Turkey, you know, Indonesia, you know, places that might uh, you know not be able to ask questions where you are, you know, especially if you got us online. <laughs> you know, don't tell your friends and neighbors necessarily if it's going to put you in danger, but ask them here. You know, we have a Skype line. It's available. You know, anytime I'm on the air, anybody can call. You just have to uh, let me approve your account, and you, and you can call in directly to the show. Same thing with live chat. Anybody's free to type in live chat. It's at the bottom of every broadcast page. So all our folks around the world who are listening, <coughs> excuse me, just, uh, you know, get yourself a free account. Just sign in, and, uh, and you can use an assumed name. I don't care. But uh, type in your questions. I think, you know, as this show grows, and I think we're looking through the censorship. You know, the fact that you talked about the, the Oh My God group is growing and the art project is growing. And I've seen that in other groups, too. More and more people are growing. Even though I'm under restriction right now, we're still growing, which means people are finally getting around the censorship. They're having the courage to share the show uh, and share the bills and share the things that we're doing here. This is going to be one hell of a year, I feel part pardon the, <laughs> the, the phrasing right now. Yeah. But, the, uh, but this is, this, I think, I think uh, you know, we're on to something this year. I don't know if, if there's anything in, in prophecy that the folks are talking about, but I feel something very strong for, for all of us here and what we're trying to accomplish at Action Radio. This is going to be an incredible year. I'm really looking forward to it.
4: I, it. It's going to be a hang on tight, and you know, get your popcorn and watch what God does. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and, it, and 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 I have a word for Cuba. Um, mm-hmm. God has been speaking uh, about Cuba through some of the prophets, and mm. um, he wants he, he wants freedom for Cuba more than you know than they want it for themselves, and they want it bad. So yeah. um, be be careful and be watchful and but be hopeful because God is going to bring freedom to Cuba again.
0: Can we help with that at all? Is it, are we in the process rather than just broadcasting our freedom message?
4: I think um, what we're doing is just letting them know that, you know, there is hope. Don't give up, that there is freedom coming. That's what God wants for you. And no leader, no dictator trumps God.
0: Yeah. They just make your life miserable temporarily. <laughs> That's the problem.
4: Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Even in the midst of that, they can have peace on the inside. Hmm. God Sounds
0: please. good. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Well, y'all you. be this blessed. Is, this is fun. I'm actually going to play your real theme just so folks know it. Oh. <laughs> um, but we'll do, we'll, we'll do this a closing theme. This, this was not the art report for anybody that might have uh, uh, misconstrued my, my fun from earlier. But, uh, yeah, let's do it again next week.
4: Okay. I'll see you then.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, Wendy. So this is what I should have played at the beginning of her report. Here we go. And there she goes. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. So that's a normal report that you will hear at the beginning of uh, Wendy Arthur's report. And so it's fascinating having her on. I love our conversations and I hope you do too. So if you want more, if you want to reach her, uh, and all the other folks that are in uh, our Oh My God group—it's Action Radio Oh My God group. I mean, that's exactly what it is, you know. So we, the, everything here, this, this this humor in pretty much everything uh, that we do. But even though we take things, you know, very seriously, um, so go to the Oh My God group, and uh, there you are, you know. And all our groups are—they are, have participation. We we screen the folks going in. You know, and the only because I want to make sure that you're going to be interested, sincere, and you're not going to get us canceled. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of it, too. Uh, I have folks showing up from strange countries that have no idea what, what the groups that are doing. I don't know how they got there, but uh, there's, some, there's some interesting stuff out there. All right. So we're going to take a little break now and play a couple things for you and be back with our remaining two hours. Uh, first hour, we're going to talk about Southwest. Southwest is, is rather interesting what they're doing. Uh, I have a, a report from Kyle Becker. Uh, talking about an airline uh, pilot for Southwest that thinks the big problem is the COVID jab that they're requiring a jab of people you know before they even work there, and it's it, especially for the younger folks. It's not, not only is it not needed, it's downright dangerous. Uh, And so why would you require a career-ending or a life-ending jab to get your dream career? You know, How much is that worth? And so those are the things we'll talk about. In the meantime, I did write a book on on flight instruction for those of you that want to uh, get up there and and fly. And hopefully I'm going to get a general aviation reform bill. Uh, I'd love to make flying lessons tax-deductible just to encourage more pilots because we need more pilots. And what better way to do that than to lower the cost of, of flight instruction? You know, more money to the instructors, you know, and, uh, and lower the cost to the students. So it would be a great way to, uh, to do things. Anyway, back in a couple of minutes. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pangliss Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. You know, it's funny, normally I've been playing those two at the end of the show, but I thought, you know what, that's, you know, oh, it's the end of the show, time to go. Said, no. <laughs> so I'm going to mix those around and, uh, and do them at different times. This has been fun. It was great to get Bill back. It was great to have Wendy on. And uh, the rest of the show, it's just us. And so if you want to comment on live chat, uh, if you can, if you want to call on the Skype line, especially if you already have an account, call in today. If you don't have an account, and I can get you on uh, on a subsequent day. There's a lot of things going on. And so, first of all, the weather's warming up. That's the big news. You know, my, my heaters that I have surrounding me, uh, i got one in the front, one in the back. And they're, they're doing pretty well. But so they're, I think they're off right now. So we'll see it's current temperature. So we've been in this. I've got to take a look at the National Weather Service and see if I can and trace this uh, storm back to its origin, you know, somewhere above the Arctic Circle. It's actually 46 degrees out there right now in, in Milton, Florida. And we're just down the road from Pensacola. Uh, New Orleans, 56. Pensacola, 52. Mobile, forty-five. A little cold there. Atlanta's thirty-two degrees. So it's still colder up there uh, in, in the north. But uh, uh, and then uh, we got Fort Walton Beach, fifty. Um, Gulf Breeze, fifty-four. So there's your local weather report. I don't normally do weather, but uh, when the weather is a story, like it is now, um, it's interesting. You get closer to the water and it gets warmer. So the Gulf Stream is is something that. Oh, well, there's my heater going on behind me. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, but the Gulf Stream is literally a stream of air from the Gulf, and so that's here. So the same air that uh, warms up in the summertime and, and, and creates hurricanes, you know, in the early fall is when the worst of them are. Uh, is that same Gulf Stream that flows from the Gulf uh, up the seaboard, you know, and over the Atlantic to England, and that's why England has warmer winters than, uh, you know, France, Germany, and other places because they don't get the Gulf Stream. So the Gulf Stream is a stream of warm air that flows from down here. Well, every once in a while, it, it doesn't it doesn't come over us like it should. And so the Gulf Stream is I don't know where it's I, I'm gonna just, like I say I'll check a map out. I'll have something probably for you tomorrow and describe what actually happened. Did the jet stream move? You know, I'm guessing the jet stream to move further north uh, or actually probably move further south. And so the jet stream, which brings the Arctic air down, probably came low enough to get us here in Florida because it was 20 degrees, you know, just a couple of days ago. And that's very unusual. But it happens. I mean, every year it happens for for a short period of time. It's really cold weather, usually twice. So we will have another one probably in January. Uh, But it'll be 70 degrees you know, in, in, I think tomorrow. And then by, uh, I think it's by Friday, it's going to be raining. <laughs> so Friday and Saturday are rainy days. So uh, we're getting back to normal. So it's more like a springtime pattern. All right. So again, we have new listeners, uh, Namibia. Uh, we've got Zambia. We've got Cuba. We've got Thailand. We have Belarus, which just showed up for the first time. Uh, and I want to also acknowledge our listeners in the Bahamas, Jamaica, you know, and, and Haiti, uh, Puerto Rico, and the Caribbean. So we have a lot of folks there we haven't talked about. So Action Radio is worldwide. You know, you look at a map, we've got most of South America, all of North America, Uh, Central America, not quite, you know, we're still, uh, we had a couple of countries, we've lost Guatemala and Honduras, uh, and we lost Nicaragua a while back. But we do have Panama, Costa Rica, uh, Belize, and Mexico. Europe, we've got almost all of uh, Western and Eastern Europe. Uh, We've got, except for Ukraine, (laughs) strangely, isn't that funny? The one place that we're we're sending billions of dollars to doesn't, you know, uh, the, the, I guess the signal's blocked. I don't know why they're not listening to us. We talk about Ukraine enough. You would think that somebody would be allowed to listen in Ukraine to our Ukraine broadcast, especially with Josie you know, on Tuesdays. Um, then we've got uh, Russia, China, Vietnam. I'm just doing this from memory. Uh, Thailand, though, I mean, Taiwan, uh, I think it's being blocked because Taiwan used to listen. you got 6 million people there. You don't think they want freedom? You know, They that, that wouldn't listen to a message of freedom from, from uh, action radio? I find that very unusual. So China does listen, but Taiwan does Japan does but it took a long time for Japan to come on board Indonesia the Philippines Philippines have always listened uh, Australia New Zealand uh, a couple of Pacific islands New Caledonia is on the map Solomon Islands is on the map I mean how do these places find us you know but uh, South America Chile uh, Brazil Argentina you know uh, Colombia Ecuador Peru Venezuela listens you know and then we, and Cuba especially and, and again we want to uh, encourage all the Cuban folks to to listen spread the word of freedom uh, Think about writing your own legislation you know, in a future government to create the society that you want, to create the laws that you want to live by. And that's the whole purpose of Action Radio is, is to have regular people write the laws that, that we, the people, consent to be governed by. And the best of them will, will flow to the top and then they'll go to government and will advocate you know, for us as opposed to having the special interests and the elites and the, the corporations and the, and the wacko groups and the billionaires you know, creating the laws that they want to, they, they want to use to control us. So this is a reversal of politics. It's a reversal uh, of politics as you know it. It's a reversal of everything that ever has been, except for that unique time at our founding where we actually had uh, you know, a great amount of liberty and freedom. And the difference between liberty and freedom, just to make that clear too, uh, freedom is what you experience individually. So if you are a free individual, you can pretty much do you know, all kinds of really cool stuff, even though there's a responsibility uh, with it. With, but with uh, liberty, liberty is societal. So they're, they're, uh, liberty is not anarchy. Liberty does not mean you can do anything you want. Uh, freedom in its absolute state means you do, but freedom is irresponsible. You know, freedom impinges on the rights of others. And that's why liberty as a society, you'd have to have certain laws that uh, protect your personal safety and your property and your rights. That's basically it. So the laws, the, the good laws, the laws that are just, the laws that, uh, you know, the just powers of government come from the consent of the government. The laws that we consent to are the ones that protect our lives, our property. Um, our, our border, you know, uh, and our rights. And that's basically it. Everything beyond that is what the government wants for them. And so liberty is the place between anarchy and, and tyranny where you have the least amount of laws that are necessary to maintain your liberty and no more laws. And so that's, that's the the you know the, the, the point of liberty. And so it's interesting to try and find that. Anyway, a couple other things go on the news. Um, Kevin McDeep State, as I'm calling him, that's Kevin McCarthy. I call him Kevin McDeep State. It's hard to try saying Mick Deep State. It's hard to do, right? Anyway, but, that, but I think it's a great name for him. So Kevin McDeep State is in trouble, which is good because he is, he's like the chameleon, I think I've heard him described. You know, he'll change color to whatever is, is popular at the time because he, like the rest of Deep State, are only interested in power. Power, money, prestige, you know, perks, things like that. That's what they want. So the last person you want is Paul Ryan, you know, version two. You know, Paul Ryan was a disgusting speaker. He was a terrible. Person. He never should have been speaker, but uh, he was. He, you know, the deep state put him in there to make sure that the uh, the Freedom Caucus and the other folks in the, in the Republican Caucus that wanted to do things never got a chance to do them, and that's exactly what happened. So the the 2016 to 18 Congress didn't work. Uh, I, I believe that uh, the Democrats stole the House in 2018 by overturning seven Republican seats in California, and the geldings letting them do it which gave the House to the Democrats, and then you had all the impeachments and all the other problems. And then, of course, you had the uh, stolen election of 2020, you know, with COVID as the excuse for, you know, mail voter fraud and all the other frauds. And so that's where we are now. So the question is, will the Geldings, will the Gelding old party actually have a real speaker uh, that represents, uh, you know, we the people and our interests, as opposed to representing the deep state? Well, not with Kevin McDeep State. If if Kevin McDeep State becomes a speaker, then there's no point in having a Republican Congress because nothing's going to happen. Another interesting thing we'll probably talk about this Friday, John Lott, uh, I saw him on One American News, um, talking about how the CDC, which I call the Center for Direct Control, the CDC, has taken out of their reports the fact that 3 million uh, uses of firearms per year save lives, at least 3 million. Well, that's a whole lot more than people that are killed by criminals. You know. And so guns, you know, on balance, uh, even if they didn't, we still have the right, but on balance, guns are far more protective than they are. Uh, used by criminals to, to commit mayhem and other things. Um, interesting, too, my Twitter following is starting to grow. So thanks, Elon. <laughs> I appreciate that. So we have more of a Twitter following than we had uh, before. And so that's, that's gradually growing. So uh, you can help out by retweeting. I've, I've been tweeting the shows out for four years. All right? It was growing and growing and growing. And then guess what? 2020, you know, once I started coming out uh, against the, the government COVID response, the hoax, the hoax that vaccines are safe and effective, that's the hoax. Not COVID. COVID is a real virus. You know, it was created, uh, you know, as a bioweapon to uh, reduce population and cause all kinds of other mischief and mayhem. But uh, the va- you know, and then I think they, I, s- I still believe they engineered the, uh, what they're calling a vaccine, the messenger RNA shot, a long time ago. And so, uh, um, you know, this is all, as, as Judy Mikeovic says, this is all planned out. And they just, someone got the bright idea of, of actually matching, you know, the COVID controls uh, with a way to steal the election. And I don't know who's patting themselves on the back. It's probably Hillary you know, or Obama or combination product, but that's what happened. All right, let me play, just, just for a little diversion here, play a little, um, i don't know, play a little Beethoven's Fifth just to kind of get us in the mood for, for a different topic. So uh, yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> you know, had enough rant. So let me get back to some. I have all these musical selections that are kind of fun. So I kind of like Beethoven. So let me give you a little bit of that. And here it is. Be right back in a minute. <laughs> we go, a little bit of Beethoven to get us going here. So 824 in the morning, and uh, this is uh, Central Time here uh, in Milton, Florida, which is near Pensacola, if you want to try and find us on a map. All right, so one of my favorite reporters, Kyle Becker, uh, I guess he was a Fox News producer, he's done some other, has a, has a thing on Substack, where all of the folks are, uh, called the Wildfire Newsletter. And so he's got a black background, so it's easier to find than the normal white background. I will be writing for Substack as soon as I you know, get a little extra time and get a few things done. Um, so that's going to be – another big thing that will be added this year will be my Substack column, which I will then be posting uh, all over the place. Um, Probably – I've got to find a place on writeyourloss.com to post my column. We'll get to that. Um, also, you can find my, my columns at the Intellectual Conservative and Canada Free Press. If you search those with my name, Greg Penglis, you'll find a wealth of articles going back to 2014 when I started writing about, you know, all kinds of things, including what I was going to do with Action Radio. So let me just go through the article. And, uh, and uh, as we know, Southwest has canceled far more flights than anybody else. Um, Delta, United, American—you know—they've canceled flights, but nothing like Southwest. So the airlines are in trouble, and, and they're not in trouble so much for the economy, which is bad because everybody's in trouble with that. They're not in trouble—you know—for for the fact that the airlines are particularly—you uh, know—tough business to be in, because that's not true either. I mean, people fly; they want to go places—you know—the fastest ways by airplane. They're not in trouble because airplanes are dangerous, because airplanes are not dangerous; they're safe. Although bad things do happen, uh, they're not in trouble for a lot of reasons. Uh, they were actually better off when they were regulated, because—and so were we. Uh, so airline regulation, you know, made them like a, like a public utility and they serviced a bunch of different airports. And even if they lost money either, or they were, they were like subsidies and things, and I've forgotten how it worked uh, with regulation, but uh, the airlines did fine. And we had a whole bunch of airlines back during the regulation days. You know, you had Braniff, TWA, Pan Am, American, United, you know, Delta, and, and you had uh, National, you had Western, you had Eastern, all these different airlines under, under uh, regulation. And then when they had deregulation, they all, you know, went bankrupt. And a bunch of other airlines came up, People's Express, New York Air, um, different things, Piedmont, you know, some of the other ones. Uh, and now we have uh, the newer competitors, Spirit, Frontier, things like that. So the airline business is always changing. But in deregulation, the problem is that they work much more on the hub and spoke system. Uh, they're either a bargain airline, you know, where you have, they charge you for, for, you know, per nut in your bag of peanuts, um, or uh, they're their a more traditional airline, you know where you have uh, reservations and seats, and uh, you can actually bring on a carry-on bag and, and check luggage and things like that. So the airline business has changed a whole lot. I mean, as far as the, the the customer, the passenger goes, it's it's open to so many more people. But you know, I remember the days in the '60s where it was a lot more expensive to fly, but the people that did fly, you know, didn't attack you in the aisles. <laughs> so it was it was a very different experience between then and now. Uh, in fact, the the, the 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 cockpits weren't locked. You know, you didn't have the hijackings. Uh, you know, it was just. And but especially you didn't have the, the unruly passengers, you know, they're like bar brawls in airlines now. Uh, There's a report I found where one person was actually injured. I forgot where it was in the world. It's on my international news page. So we have the Action Radio International News Group. And there it was there it was a, a passenger was attacked. Uh, I mean, the passengers attacked the flight crew and they ended up uh, injured. I think someone had to have some hospital treatment. All right. So back to the article here. So this is the wildfire newsletter, Kyle Becker. and That's K-Y-L-E-B-E-C-K-E-R, Kyle Becker. And he says the, the, the title of the article, Southwest Pilot, uh, gives best explanation for airline meltdown that's caused it to cancel thousands of flights. So this is what's the real problem. Uh, and I'll give you, I already mentioned in the title, it's the COVID shots. Okay. So the COVID shots are screwing up Southwest, uh, not be, you know, because they're mandating them still. Well, why would you mandate something, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, very likely a career ender and very possibly a life ender? You know, there's a lot of airline pilots that are dead because they got COVID shots, even though they were mandated. So they love their career, they love what they're doing, and they have to make this horrible choice between sacrificing, you know, their health and some in some cases their life, you know, to keep doing what they want to do. Well, that's not a choice anybody should have to make. You shouldn't have to give your life to do your career, or have potentially lose your life just to do your career. You want to talk about safety? The greatest danger to airline safety is the COVID shot, And and it was mandated, and it's not mandated now. Uh, you know, but uh, first of all, anything that has to be mandated, you got to watch. You know, it's like the draft, in Vietnam. You know, there was a draft. Well, why was there draft? Well, because people didn't want to go, because it was it was a war that didn't need to be fought. I mean, honor the people, honor the people that went, but and, and they're asked to do some pretty horrible things. But that war never, they should never been in that position. You know, I'm digressing again. We never should have soldiers fighting in Iraq or Afghanistan either. You know, the greatest uh, danger and the greatest injury uh, was these IEDs, you know, improvised explosive devices. Well, you can have all the skill and training in the world and have a random, you know, uh, bomb blow up your Humvee. But there's no skill in that. This is, it's completely random. So we lost, you know, 90% of the casualties, I think, were from these explosive devices. So what are we doing in a country where we're losing 90% of our soldiers to some random event of people being in the wrong place at the wrong time driving over a bomb? That makes no sense. That's, that's the policy. <laughs> we're trying to change Afghanistan, and we're losing our soldiers to bombs? That's crazy. Speaking of crazy, let's go back to Southwest. So it says here, the Southwest Airlines flight outage has many wondering if there are deeper systematic issues that have affected the airline. Yeah, I'm wondering that, too. So what is it? Now, Southwest, who was the guy that did? Fred, what's his name? Remember the, remember the, the original CEO of Fred? Uh, Fred? Fred something. Fred Smith? Fred Smith? Is that coming to mind? Anyway. The guy that used to, uh, you know, leap over baggage carts, <laughs> you know, the guy that started Southwest um, because he wrote a college paper um, on – no, it was FedEx. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the FedEx guy. That's somebody different. All right. So Southwest has always been a bargain airline. You know, they don't have reservations. You come in, fly like cattle. You know, you moo down the jet line. As you go down the jet line, then you find your seat, right? That's Southwest. That's the only thing I didn't like about them. I don't understand why they didn't have a reserved seat system, uh, but they didn't. So, of course, the first people would come in, stick in the front of the airplane, and you have to wait until they get their all the bags settled before you go to you know, the other seats in the back of the airplane. Crazy system. Anyway, but that's, that's what people do, and it's worked, and they are bargains, and they go to a lot of good places. All right. So Kyle says thousands of passengers are scrambling to rearrange their travel plans this holiday uh, season after Southwest Airlines canceled thousands of flights. Southwest Airlines made the recent announcement to customers that alternate flight may not be available, alternate flights may not be available to them until after New Year's Eve. So whether you like it or not, you're staying with your in-laws. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So we have a, we have a, um, a thing here, report. I guess this is a tweet. Laura Acevedo. Oh, 10 News Acevedo. So she's a reporter who says, Southwest night, hashtag Southwest, and then the headline, Nightmare. All flights leaving San Diego tonight are canceled. Announcement just now over the intercom says the airline is, quote, frozen and not able to assist with rebooking. People are told to find their bags in, you know, in these piles. <laughs> Several are in tears. And this is a picture of all this, this pile of luggage. Gee, Southwest, was it really so important to give people a jab that they don't need and can kill them? That was stupid. To, to, I mean, the, see, the airline should have fought this policy. They shouldn't have knuckled under the mandate originally. I mean, I remember one week British Airlines lost like four British Airways lost four pilots in one week for the jab. I don't talk about that that way, but that's what it, that's what the reports are saying. Article says while the chaos is being attributed to the fallout from a powerful winter storm, the flight cancellations have impacted customers around the nation, including in southern states that have been largely unaffected by winter storms. Yeah, we don't have the storm down here. There's no storms here, uh, but it was bitterly cold. But airlines can fly in the cold. It's a lot colder at 30,000 feet than it is down here, even in a cold snap. You know, 30,000 feet, it's about, what, 80 below, 100 below zero, or more, 120 below. So the airplanes are built for cold. They're built for heat, and they're built for cold. They do better in cold, actually. That's why they fly way up high. Air is more dense. You know, you get more power from the fuel to the air mixture in cold weather than you do in hot weather. That's why airlines, you know, in Phoenix sometimes can't take off because it's too hot. There's not enough air density to get enough air into the engine to have them develop enough power to take off in the runway that's available. So it's a good thing they don't fly. Oh, gee, it's an inconvenience. Well, it's more inconvenient to run off the end of the runway, you know, because your wings don't have any lift. (laughs) That's a lot more inconvenient, trust me. Anyway, the article says there were more than 2,800 flights canceled as of Tuesday morning, but the great majority of them, uh, uh, 2,526 out of 2,800 flights were for Southwest Airlines. Let me say that again. 2,800 flights canceled on Tuesday morning. 2,526 of them, in other words, almost all of them, <laughs> were for Southwest Airlines. And that's according to the flight tracking website, FlightAware, F-L-I-G-H-T-A-W-A-R-E. Southwest CEO Bob Jordan told the Wall Street Journal that the airline planned to operate at around one-third of regular capacity as it attempted to get flights back on track. This is the largest scale event that I've ever seen. And that's, that's uh, Jordan. Hey, Bob. Bob, you're a screw-up, Bob. Stop, stop trying to give your, your, your pilots and flight crew and ground crews jabs. Leave them alone. If they want to get them, they'll get them. But all the problems seem to be coming from the jabs. I got an article on, on how, uh, you know, someone had a two-foot blood clot pulled out of their system and they almost killed them. See, this is the thing. This is what these sudden deaths, Stephen Bonner, the, the uh, Tehera, the, the ABC producer, they're not doing autopsies. Why? Because they don't want to find the, the two-foot-long blood clots that are killing them from the jab. You, look at, you go to any of the hospitals, and, and, and they've asked people this. And this is in the article, too. I'll get to that probably tomorrow. You know, they say, uh, uh, have you ever seen, you know, blood clots like this before? Well, no. <laughs> they only came about after the COVID jab. Well, gee, cause and effect? Anyway, so they got, they got a picture of the schedules here. So the article then says, uh, all, all the canceled flights, <laughs> Southwest. Canceled, 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 canceled. There we go. The Southwest Airlines uh, flight outage has many wondering if there are deeper systemic problems or systematic issues that have affected the airline. Here's where we get to the good stuff. One Southwest pilot, Tom Bogart, I wonder if he's a relation. Tom Bogart, yeah, spelled the same way, revealed what he believes is behind the mass flight disruption. The question is, why are we having a staffing shortage, he asked. (laughs) I believe it's because of the COVID vaccines. They're still requiring the vaccination for all new applicants. And if the new applicants say they're not going to get vaccinated, their application is passed over. So you want to know why there's a pilot shortage and a staff shortage and a flight crew shortage and a ground crew shortage at Southwest? It's because they're still mandating something that we know is not only not safe and effective, but it's injurious and and deadly. You know, so uh, that's why they're not going. I think the military, if we look into the military, you'll find exactly the same problem. That the reason that the the, the recruiting is now in the military is because, you know, young, healthy uh, people, especially men, because it's still mostly men in the military, you know, young, healthy men are smart enough to know that they want myocarditis in order to serve their country. You know, it's, it's amazing how many people would volunteer and take a chance on, on IEDs in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, to serve the cause of freedom. And I question that, but that's just me. Um, but nobody wants to to willingly subject themselves to something so dangerous as a COVID shot, especially with the history of Gulf War syndrome. You know, the, the thing that the killed, I think, more people or caused more problems in the Gulf War, you know, was the, was the, uh, the anthrax vaccine, and how much anthrax was there? You know, I don't know. I mean, there was a problem. There were packages and things like that. But as far as anthrax goes, which is normally a cattle disease on farms, uh, I think it can obviously it's transmissible to humans, so it wouldn't have been an issue. But the thing is to to quote give a drug to everybody to prevent a problem that very few people are going to experience unless they get it in their their mail or something like that, and you can test for that, and they also you can treat it. So the fundamental flaw with the whole vaccine logic is that they're assuming you can't be treated. So my philosophy is, you know, I've got an immune system. It works almost all the time, you know, because I'm, I'm not sick almost all the time. And the rare times that I am sick, I can get treated for it. You know, and if it's a fatal disease, it's probably not going to be uh, treatable anyway. <laughs> so I don't worry about it. I never worried about COVID. A, I think I had it. And B, even if I didn't, I knew there were treatments. So I never worried about it. Because I had the information. I followed the science. Right to hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D3, vitamin C, and zinc. That's where I followed it. And I'm fine. You know, initial, uh, uh, initial uh, you know, mild to moderate symptoms for, for a few days. You know, a little bit of rest. I'm done. It went on for a couple of weeks because I kept working and tried to uh, work through it. But that didn't work. A couple of days of rest, boom. Little chicken soup. Yep, back on the air. <laughs> you know, and that was the extent of it. But you see, you never had that brought up. See, nobody ever asked Dr. Fascist the question. You know, why don't we just treat it? You know, why don't we let our immune system work and then we'll just treat it? Why did they never test for immunity to COVID before giving a shot? Well, we all know the answer. Money. So the fact that the, you know, if you want to know who shut down Southwest, ultimately it's Dr. Fascist, whom we know as Dr. Fauci. You know, I call him Dr. Fascist. Genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying, vaccine drug pusher. That's who Dr. Fascist is. So if you want to know why you can't get home for Christmas, it's because Dr. Fascist and the Brandon Insurrection, the illegal administration in the White House, you know, made Southwest uh, think that they had to jab people for something that was not safe, was not effective, is causing injuries and deaths. Now, do you really want to fly on an airline where where all the pilots have have got the COVID jab, especially with the reduced oxygen? Those cabins are pressurized to 8,000 feet. With a respiratory disease that affects your oxygen, you know, why would you want to go with a pilot that has a, that's like, you know, that's like uh, pilots who smoked, same problem, reduce their oxygen capacity. You know, if the airlines get rid of smoking, wasn't that a good thing? Well, same thing here. So why would you, why would you want to fly on an airline where you know the pilot's been jabbed, <laughs> you know, where you know that that could be uh, injurious and, and, and kill people when you know that there's a reduced oxygen Uh, supply at at, uh, uh, what they call the cabin pressure altitude. You all think it's sea level. It's not. Those cabins are at 8,000 feet. You're at 3,000 feet above Denver. So if you ever had trouble breathing in Denver when you first got there, because you're used to being in Houston at sea level, you get to Denver and all of a sudden you're over 5,000 feet, mile high city, well, the air is thinner up there. Now, the Denver people don't care because they're used to it. Their blood has adjusted to the lower oxygen content. Denver people get a real high when they go to sea level. Wow, boy, oxygen, man. This is like a drug. This is great. Yeah, let me get some more O2, right? But if you go to Denver and you're not used to it, you know, try going to Taos or, or Santa Fe, New Mexico. So there's 7,000 feet. It's even worse. I know. I got, uh, you know, I went there visiting a friend and, you know, I'm in my 20s, right? So I'm dancing and having a couple of drinks and uh, I was miserable the next day. Well, al- altitude poisoning. Uh, lowered oxygen because I was used to sea level San Francisco at the time. So to jab... Airlines, of all people, was the worst possible crime, the worst thing they could do uh, to airline people. You want to talk about – and where's the FAA? Now, I'm very – I'm convinced that there are FAA people that know that this jab is dangerous. And yet they're going along with the program. Yep, got to follow orders. Yep, uh, you know, Dr. Fascist tells me what to do. And, uh, you know, you know why, why would anybody follow anything that Brandon says? He's incoherent to begin with. He's not a legal president. He can't – he has no power. He can't order anybody to do anything. Why would anybody follow what he says? Short of the fact that the, the FBI KGB will throw you in the D.C. Gulag jail, you know, for visiting the White House, for visiting the Capitol after they invite you in. That's why we call it the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In. Let's get back to Captain uh, Southwest pilot, Tom Bogart, reveal what he believes is, the, is behind the mass flight disruption. So his quote, once again, the question is, why are we having a staffing shortage? I believe it's because of the COVID vaccines. They're still requiring the vaccination for all new applicants. And if the new applicants say they're not going to get vaccinated, their application is passed over. Well, what a choice to make. Anybody that's worked hard for, for trying to be, and I did. I went through this process. I want to be an airline pilot. In fact, it's the only thing I wanted to be for, for you know the, the, the first 45 years of my life. I still would like to be an airline pilot. I'm a little old for now, but I think I would have been really good at it. I was a good flight instructor, good pilot. And I'm going to find that out again. Uh, when this uh, show takes off, and I mean, really takes off, and I get to take off, I get to start flying again. Yeah, I just got to prove it to myself. You know how it goes. So the article then says, on December 21st, before the recent bomb cyclone, that would be the weather, uh, pummeled the, the Great Plains States, Great Lakes region, and the Northeast, Southwest Vice President for Ground Operations, Chris Johnson, admonished step in Denver for the unusually high number of, of call-offs, or call-offs. Well, that's interesting, Denver. Didn't I just talk about Denver? Didn't I just talk about an oxygen depletion in Denver? And now they have Southwest callouts in Denver. I didn't plan that, by the way. Like I say, a lot of times I, I like to read the articles on the air just so I can be spontaneous with them. Yeah, here we go. December 21st, 2022, Denver, D-E-N, rampages from Chris Johnson. We, rec- we have recent, uh, we've received an unusually high number of absence sick calls duh, 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 this afternoon. Uh, from our DEN, that would be Denver. They, every every airport has a three-letter code. So DEN is Denver. Denver uh, Rampage and Employees. We have an obligation to our customers and to our fellow employees to safely and efficiently run our operation. Well, you idiot, then stop mandating the COVID jab, dummy. He says, theref- he says therefore, due to the personnel shortage, I'm declaring Denver in a state of operational emergency. So in other words, you've got the COVID emergency, which the Brandon insurrection is still okay even though it's illegal at this point and always was because <laughs> you can't do that you can't take away your rights no matter what you know and so anyway, so they mandate all this stuff so the the so the emergency declaration of the government has made for an emergency declaration in Southwest and then you get two emergencies, both of which are are completely flawed he says due to, here's he's got like four points here due to the emergency, we will direct employees uh, alleging uh, illness alleging not having but alleging illness right uh to provide a doctor's note on the first day return to work, including when the doctor was uh, seen and confirming that the employee was unable to work on the dates he claimed fitness. So in other words, you're not an adult anymore at Southwest. Okay. Got to go to a doctor's note. You know, and I've told jobs too. I said, look, I'm an adult. I know when I'm sick. I know when I'm healthy. I'm very, I'm not sick very often, you know, and said, if I am sick, I'm too sick to go to a, I'm sick enough that I don't want to go outside and go to a doctor and risk driving. And get a bunch of other people sick. You know, give me some chicken soups and bed breasts. And, uh, you know, if it's a real problem, I'll call the hospital. <laughs> you know, but uh, short of that, I'll take care of it. But uh, they, they want a doctor's note, all right? Anyway, and who are the doctors work for? This is interesting. So you get a doctor's note, right? These are the same doctors that are jabbing people, that are putting people on remdesivir and ventilators, the remdesivir ventilator death march, so they can get their $130,000. You know, from the, uh, from the Medicaid, the Medicare folks, uh, you know, sponsored by the, uh, the government that's making a fortune off the COVID jabs through royalties, license fees, and, and things that are making Dr. Fascist rich. <laughs> so where do you go? You can't go to the hospital. You know, if you have a problem, you can't go to the doctor. What if the doctor says, yeah, you got COVID? Yeah, better go to the hospital and get, a, get some Remdesivir and get on that ventilator. Yeah, yeah, we need our money. <laughs> so you can't do that either. So Southwest employees are in the, the, the incredibly uh, you know, precarious position of having to decide between the career they love, you know, uh, the jab that could kill them, the doctor that might, reckon, might say they have COVID and send them to a hospital, and the hospital that might uh, not treat them, even if they, especially if they do have COVID, until they're so sick they need uh, uh, a ventilator, and the ventilator generally kills them anyway. This is a strange world we live in, folks. Anyway, uh, next point, due to an emergency, the company will deny requests for reported personal absence, and that's RPA. Agents will be directed to uh, work the regular shift. Failure to comply, this is even if you're sick, right? Failure to comply will be considered insubordination and will result in termination. So if you're sick, you're insubordinate, they're going to dump your ass. <laughs> yeah. Then another the point, same thing here, uh, the overtime. If you, don't book, uh, if you don't work overtime as required by this declaration of emergency by this company, that's insubordination. And even though you cannot be required to work overtime, that's why it pays extra, th- that's insubordination and they will terminate you. So the employees that are left are going to be so stressed out, so overworked, you know, that uh, they're going to get sick. <laughs> this is what happens when you stress out your employees. They get sick. So the, the, uh, the airline with a whole bunch of sick people, because they required the jab, uh, is going to have a whole bunch more sick people because the people that are left still working and still trying to keep the airline going and make a living are going to get sick because they're being overworked by the airline that... Uh, caused the problem in the first place by mandating the jab. This is an interesting world we live in. <laughs> this is very strange to me. But anyway, that's what's going on. Oh, boy. <laughs> so when I get through this, I'll take a little break here, and then we'll get into power supplies again. Anybody wants to call me, feel free. Let me check uh, check the live chat uh, and see what uh... – it's funny. I prepare like you know 10 articles per show. I get to like two of them. No nope, one's on live chat either. Okay, that's fine. I'll keep rambling. Microphone still on? Yep, mic's on. Okay, good. That's my fear, too, that I'll talk for an hour and then realize the mic was off the whole time. (laughs) That would be tough. All right. So the article says the vice president's memo to Denver ramp agents raised the bar for excused absences in respect to claims of health emergencies and instituted, quote, mandatory overtime. Uh, Then the quote from Johnson again. This operational emergency will remain in place until it is listed by memo from me advising of the same. Thank you, you Mr. Dictator. My addition. <laughs> then he says, this is not the type of communication I or any leader want to issue. He calls himself leader now, right? That's interesting. All right. He says, but it is necessary to get the agents back on track in order to serve our customers. Well, if you really want to serve your customers, you stupid moron, you wouldn't have required the jab in the first place, requiring your airline pilots to take a dangerous jab in an oxygen-deprived environment where they're going to get two-foot-long blood clots and die while they're trying to fly your airplanes. Stupid moron. What kind of an idiot is this? When we, uh, corporate America. Yes, we just following orders. Yeah, look, you're following orders right into the ground. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, God bless the, the airline, you know, folks and the, the pilots and the flight crew uh, that have not gotten sick and caused a crash. You know, I hate to say that, and I, I'm not wishing it, you know, but, uh, you know, like I say, God protect the people that are, that are flying um, from the COVID jab. Um, because, well, you know, pilots are smart enough. They're too sick to fly. They're not going to do it. But they're also smart enough to know that the cobweb was dangerous. Um, but they loved the career enough that they would you know, risk it anyway because, you know, if you've ever flown, it's, it's really hard to not fly. Okay, I've not flown for, for a good 25, maybe 30 years, and I miss it every day. It's just it's, once you fly, you fly. Fortunately, I've got other things. I've got my radio. I've got my guitars. You know, I've got the shooting range. <laughs> you know, so I have my outlets. But you uh, need to get back in the air. And if you've never taken a flying lesson, that would be a good thing to do. So if you, understand the attra- if you want to understand the attraction to flying or sailing or, or any adventure or drag racing or any of that kind of stuff, you've got to do it. You know, you can watch life or you can live life. Those are your choices. Watch it or live it. I prefer to live it, you know, and that's the difference. You know, so, so when, I, uh, when my time is done, I'll be able to look back and go, yep. At least I want to be able to look back and go, yep, did everything. Still haven't done the jet thing yet. Still got a loop and roll jets all over the sky. But uh, that'll, be a major, that'll be a major accomplishment on the bucket list. So what's your bucket list? That may be a good thing to talk about one day. And we'll get to people calling and find out what's on their bucket list. Back to Southwest. Uh, the article says furious and weary travelers unloaded on Twitter, flooding Southwest with reports of the headaches they've, they've encountered and continue to face. Los Angeles Times reported passengers described waiting on long lines that extended outside of airport terminals, missing luggage that in some cases traveled onward despite the canceled flights or piled up on unc- uh, unclaimed for days. Not only is your luggage missing, it got to your destination before you. <laughs> <laughs> this is waiting on customer service calls for hours, or repeatedly getting disconnected and trying to navigate a glitchy website. Yeah, this is 2022. We, you know, we've got uh, pretty good technology now, a lot better than they had. You know, it's interesting. The technology before computers, airlines ran fine. You notice that? Remember those little, those little switchboard things at the airports? All the letters would like fall. Those, those, they were like a, uh, you know, like like Jeopardy. They had these moving screens and all those things would pop up. That's all done before computers. So we ran an entire airline system. The FAA, you know, air traffic control. Uh, radar, everything, you know, scheduling, the whole bit. The airlines run without computers. So you think in the computer age they would run better, not worse. Well, that's was before COVID. Huh. Anyway, there's more of the article, and it's but it's basically the same thing. Besides, I've had enough. You get the you get you get the gist of this. I want to talk about power plants again because that's another problem. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's play some fun stuff here. I got some commercials, uh, and then I got ooh, let me see where's where's I haven't played the Chaz for a while. The the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone some of my funnier pieces. I'll play a couple of those. Then I'll throw in some commercials after them. Uh, And then away we go. So where's Chaz? Chaz, Chaz, Chaz. Don't mind me. I'm scrolling through my stuff here. It takes a minute to find it. My alphabets, you know, you'd think I'd know the alphabet better by now. (laughs) Let me play this for this for you. It's kind of fun. Uh, So Chaz was this autonomous zone in Seattle. I think it's still there. But they basically took it over. The, 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 The Marxist, the anarchist, Black Lives Matter, Antifa crowd took over this whole section of Seattle. And made it an autonomous zone—no police, no laws, no rules, no nothing. Basically, Lord of the Flies jungle warfare. It was <laughs> and the police didn't go there, and nobody went there, and uh, and they thought this was paradise on earth. Yeah, right. So I had to make fun of it, and so I did. Let's play this right now. Ah, Seattle—time to visit again, or for the first time. No matter how many times, you'll never forget this visit to Seattle watching the sun set on the west coast, the guitarists on the street corners, people walking, hanging around the many cafes and art enclaves, just taking it all in. From Pike Place Market to the first Starbucks, to the whales in Puget Sound, and views of Mount Rainier, there is nothing like Seattle. And now you can watch the sunsets glistening off the broken glass in the streets, various styles of bottles used for Molotov cocktails, fashion statements made with creative body armor, The use of improvised weapons, the never-ending art forms painted on every building, particularly the man parts, and the beautiful sound of voices in unison, expressing their fondest wishes and desires for your life and property. So how can you visit this enchanted never-never land of the Northwest during their summer of love? Snowflake Tours has teamed up with the Seattle Board of Economic Development, Tourism, and Riot Promotion to extend the warmest of welcomes to our latest attraction, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, affectionately known as Chaz. been to be called Chop, but we like Chaz better. If you think Disneyland is a good time, it's nothing compared to Chaz. Chaz being an autonomous nation within the United States, protected by the Seattle mayor and city council, you can't just walk in like illegal aliens at our southern border. This is because there is a wall and guards openly carrying firearms, in order to maintain the security of this new, fledgling nation. So, there is a procedure to gain access. Snowflake Tours has made this an escorted tour. For your safety, and so you'll be surrounded by people who look like you, white people will have an Antifa tour guide direct from their mommy's basement. But don't worry, they can protect you because they are fully indoctrinated and trained with the latest techniques of mayhem and street combat. Black people will be escorted by a member of Black Lives Matter. Fresh from riots across the country and funded by Amazon and other mega-corporations, with their training and experience, you couldn't be in better hands. And of course, they speak black. Take in the wonders of Chaz while you are there. You can warm yourself by the burning book piles, feel the camaraderie as you are swept up in a march or rally, get a brief audience with our warlord, but not for too long, and be sure to make an offering. A blank check, signed, is preferred. Don't worry about the police, there aren't any. Which is fine, because there aren't any laws either. Businesses and attractions may not be there when you get there, depending on the needs of the people. The unique feature of this tour is that rather than enjoy the things that are already there, on this tour it's what you bring to the table that counts. Money, supplies, there is a whole provision list of things like food, water, batteries, jewelry, and other commodities of exchange to choose from in donation to keep Chaz a people's paradise. On this vacation, you show up with full suitcases and leave with empty ones. That's what makes this tour so special. Chaz, a new nation, a new concept, coming to a liberal city near you. You know, I made a bunch of these during the uh, the COVID lockdowns, and uh, especially when, uh, you know, Governor DeSantis, everybody loves, right? Well, he was he was a dictator for a while there, too, in the beginning, you know, with his uh, Safer at Home program and uh, closing the beaches and the parks and some of the other stupid things he did before he realized that it was a huge mistake. Um, but, uh, you know, there's something that happened in that time that I got really pissed off, really pissed off. And I kept broadcasting. I kept saying this is all a nonsense, that the government response is crazy and is that you can't take your own rights away. The Constitution doesn't have an on and off switch, as Pianchi would say. You know, that, uh, the time you need – and what I said was the time you need your Constitution the most is when they're trying to say it's not in effect. <laughs> you know,
4: that's when you need it. You
0: don't need it when things are good. You need it when things are bad. That's when you need the Constitution. Uh, and so uh, there was a very creative time for me to come up with all these different things that are, you know, the New Normal church and grocery store, the, the January white sale, you know, some of the other things that I play on the show here. Uh, and I've, I've tried to do other ones. And it's just not, you know, I don't have that inspiration of, of, of the, uh, the lockdown, you know, causing me to get sarcastic. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what kind of opposition I can find. Anyway, a couple more uh, things to play for you here. And uh, then we'll be back. And we're going to talk power. power, uh, power in the second hour. Third hour, actually, and that's all we've got to have time for. Uh, today. Anything else you know if you have topics to suggest to me, you know go on live chat, say, "Hey, Greg, why don't you talk about this? You know, um, the big things, of course, are our legislation. And uh, I'll, I'll do a little legislation refresher uh, when I get back. Do you know your way around health care, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grace Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From Addiction to Achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with MyPillow and now goes to MyCoffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio, live. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed, through writing the laws by which we are governed, Action Radio. Yes, conveniently putting all my cliches in one place. ADHD Network, you know, all the other good stuff here. But it's true. Uh, issue. This is this is a place, I mean, I think all of us have some touch of ADHD uh, to be able to do what we do and multitask and, and cover as many topics as as fast as we do go through all the different things in the course of a show. Anyway, a couple of things for you. First of all, we're in a major fundraising drive. And so if you believe in our cause, if you want to help citizen legislation, um, we're the only game in town. I mean, we're it. There is no other uh, place that combines the citizen legislation with a radio show. And so Uh, This is destined to be international. I I believe it's going to be a worldwide phenomenon. I believe that people around the world will start to take control of their own lives and say to the government, this is how we consent to be governed. We're actually going to write the laws that show how we consent to be governed. Never been done before. Never been done in human history. We're breaking new ground here. We are pioneers, but we need help. You know, we in, in order to help your freedom. You know, what we really need is the, the corporations, the foundations, you know, the patriots, the the, the conservatives, the, the the libertarians, the folks that believe in independence, people who believe in freedom, you know, even the liberals who believe in freedom. You know, listen, I've got no problem with liberals other than we disagree on, on how to get there. Not a problem with liberals. It's the Marxists we have the problem with, the, the godless communist Marxists. Those are the people that want to control everything and want to kill you if you don't believe what they believe. That's the problem. So if you want to get, you know, good and decent laws... Um, pass that you consent to, then you got to write them, and that's what we do here. So, givesendgo. dot com slash action radio uh, is a great way to help us out. Givesendgo. dot com slash action radio. It's right up there at the top of the broadcast page. You can look right at it. You know, it's under our slideshow. So we have got a couple of cool things there, like the Falcon. <laughs> you know, we've got our, our uh, My Pillow uh, and different uh, ads out there. Um, Strikeforce. You know, and uh, uh, we've got Grace Care. So all those those banner ads that you see there in our slideshow they all have the same discount code wyl which stands for write your laws okay so we made it as convenient as possible and we're always going to have that same discount code wyl so if you if you miss the the uh you know me playing the spot for for these places it's right there on the broadcast page you got the website you got the discount code you've got everything you need right there every time it's right there on our broadcast page. So you have our, our, our initial announcement, share the shows, our, our contributions to Give, Send, Go. You've got the schedule for the show. You've got our discount codes. And then you've got various notes about the show. It's right there on the broadcast page. So, you know, uh, you want something visual? That's visual. <laughs> okay, so you can read all that uh, and see how to do what we do here. It's got the live chat uh, instructions. It's got the, the direct Skype line. It's all there. So GiveSendGo.com slash Action Radio or uh, PayPal.com slash PayPal me slash Action Radio. As long as you go, you know, action radio, uh, all the shows have action radio in the title. I mean, everything has action radio on it. Probably going to have it tattooed on my butt one day <laughs> just because it sounds like fun. Oh, uh, how do you, is that Greg? Yeah, he's got action radio tattooed on his butt. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, fine. Little tip. No, I don't have it yet. You think I should? I never thought I never thought of getting a tattoo. I wonder if an action radio tattooed to me. That's kind of an interesting thought. Talk about digressing. All right, let's talk about power. Uh, and this is electric power. Um, this, is, uh, this is the good old stuff that uh, keeps your place running. And, again, a lot of news places have noticed that there is a rash of, of attacks on power substations. Well, this is, These are like transfer points. So power starts uh, usually in the ground with an organic fuel, coal, oil, or natural gas or uranium. So the organic fuels, coal, oil, natural gas, and uranium, you know, the fuels in the ground, the organic fuels, are what power most of our electric power. Wind and solar does a certain amount, but not much. Geothermal, hydroelectric, things like that depends on where you are. If you're at the base of Niagara Falls, it's a huge hydroelectric plant because they got a lot of water going by there. So it makes sense to build a hydroelectric plant where there's a lot of water. That's what hydro is, right? Hydrogen. Okay. Um, but uh, for most of the country, most of the world, you know, it's the organic fuels. And I, I don't say fossil fuels. You'll notice that. I don't say that term anymore. In fact, I'm, I probably will never use it. I'll try not to use it again. The organic fuels, oil, coal, natural gas, and uranium. Those are the organic fuels, They're the natural fuels that come from the earth. Okay. And so, uh, if you're on an electric plant, especially if you have an electric car, you're buying your power twice. You could buy gasoline or diesel directly from the refiner to the gas station. To actually from the refiner to the truck or the pipeline. In fact, a lot of oil and a lot of gasoline goes by pipeline. You don't think about it, but you think you think trucks service every station? No, there are enough trucks to do that. So a lot of a lot of stations and cities are all hooked up to to pipelines underground. That's how they get their their fuel. So you can get your fuel directly from the refining process, which is, you know, uh, broken into its components, and you can burn it directly, thus replacing carbon in the, in, the, uh, in the atmosphere, helping with the carbon cycle and helping plants grow. So driving cars actually helps uh, food production. Let me say that again. Driving vehicles helps food production because as you burn the organic fuels, you know, in petroleum, uh, you get uh, carbon dioxide and, and water. Well, water's good for the planet because, you know, everybody needs water. And carbon dioxide is what the, the plants breathe, uh, so they make more plant food. Okay? So, so actually driving is a patriotic act. <laughs> so get a bigger car. Get a V8. Contribute more carbon to the atmosphere and help the plants grow. Bet you didn't hear that on the morning news. So the question becomes, what happens if we lose our power? Well, let me just make one more point there. So, the, so when I say electric cars, you've got to buy your power twice. So with gasoline, you buy your power once. You buy gasoline, you put it in the car or diesel, you put it in the car, you burn the gasoline or diesel and the car goes. So you pay for it once. But if you get got electricity for an electric vehicle, you've got to pay for your power twice. First of all, you have to pay for the oil, coal, natural gas or uranium for the power plant to generate the electricity. So, and they have to pay for it. So you're, you're got to reimburse them because that's the cost of doing business, right? So part of the cost of your electricity is buying organic fuels. Well, you can buy them directly and get rid of the middleman. So think of the, the, the power plant as the middleman. This is a wholesaler. Well, why don't you buy direct from the producer? The oil refinery. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's a more direct way of doing it. So you pay once for your gasoline, or you can pay twice for your, electric, for your electricity for your car. You can, you can pay the power plant for paying for the organic fuel then they generate the electricity. Then they lose part of it in the transmission lines. And then they pump it into your car. You know, the electricity goes in. And uh, you've paid for, your, for the power twice when you could have paid for it once if you ran it on gasoline. I don't know if anybody ever talks about this. I do. So I found this website, Tech Evaluate. And this is what happens if the American power grid goes down. Because Pianchi was crushing me today. And, and his point was that it's not that big a deal. That, uh, uh, you know, the power grid's fine. And uh, people will find a way around it you know, and it's an it's individual and, you know, one power plant goes down, doesn't, you know, the, the whole system's not going to collapse. And I'm saying, what if you attack all the substations? And it only takes nine, apparently, to knock out the entire electric power grid. That's because they're all connected through these nine substations. And that's not good. See, if we know it, that means they know it, they being the terrorists and they being the countries that don't like us. And who's to say that the same folks that uh, – uh, destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline. In other words, I think the the, the Brandon insurrection wouldn't uh, take out our power plants too. Make us completely dependent and live in the dark. It's like the, that's like the, the the Greenies fantasy would be to knock out all the electricity. Can't have it. Sorry. No. No power. Live in a cave. Be natural. Don't give me a break. Anyway, articles. Let's see if I can get you a person that's by. Uh, so this is by John Mortensen. Well, that sounds official. John Mortensen, M-O-R-T-E-N-S-E-N. Of course, first part of his name is Mort, which means death. <laughs> I don't know why I got that. I just found that. Son, son of death, Mortensen. Oh, <laughs> that's S-E-N. Don't mind me. Sorry, John. I made fun of your name. And this is in tech sustainability technology products from 2022. Uh, we don't have a December 21st. Oh, updated December 21st, 2022. Not sure when it was first written. In the website, techevaluate at www.techevaluate.com. That's my source. He says, if the American power grid went down, it would impact practically every sector of society. It's not just your lights going out uh, with no way to to charge your phone. Industries like healthcare, banking, and transportation would grind to a sudden halt. Now, Dr. Peter Pry told us all about this. Maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago. We've been over this before, but we have new listeners, and I want to make sure I do it again. And it's a different source. He says, if the American power grid went down, the country could expect to experience economic losses, national security risks, threats to the health care system, as well as personal devalu- devastation. The chaos in these areas could range from minor inconveniences to grave losses of life. We're tra- when they say grave losses of life, we're talking about tens of millions of people. That's what Dr. P- Dr. Pry talked about, tens of millions of people. Oh, just conveniently, there's an ad for a dual fuel generator <laughs> just outside the column. Isn't that interesting? Not surprised. That's how these things go. All right, so back to the article here. He says, uh, in in the rest of this article, we will take a look at what some experts uh, speculate would happen if the American power grid went down. See, now I don't think the whole American grid is going to go down, but I think uh, a lot of it is going down all the time. So, but I'm I'm still questioning why are these power plants being attacked? Why are these substations being attacked? And why why aren't they putting up the? Yeah, it wouldn't cost that much to uh, make bigger fences, you know, exterior fences, you know, guards, security gates, you know, key lock gates, something like that. I don't know how they do it, but uh, there's got to be a better way to protect our power grid. Faraday cages, things like that from EMP. It's not that tough to do. You know, we could have protected our entire grid for what, like a quarter of what we spend on Ukraine so far? You know, to try and keep the war going. That's how we spend money in Ukraine, by the way. We don't spend money on Ukraine to defend Ukraine. We spend money in Ukraine to keep the war going. Because without our money to keep the war going, they would have negotiated for peace before Russia ever invaded, knowing that they can't win the war. They still know they can't win the war, but that's not the point. The point of this war is to spend money, to spend taxpayer dollars in Ukraine, and then funnel it back to the, uh, the, the Democrat-Republican uh, deep state. That's why we're doing it. So we, we fund the military-industrial complex, we fund the banks, we fund the government debt, and we fund uh, Zelensky and the other corrupt people in Ukraine, uh, and we fund the war to keep it going. See, if you cut off the funding, there would be no war. Because it be. Ukraine can't do this on their own. What, against Russia? What, are you crazy? Of course not. Back to the article. Potential outcomes if the American power grid comes down. This is weather from unprecedented cold fronts to heat waves affects the United States power grid. Experts have speculated on a wide range of potential outcomes if the U.S. power grid suffered a cyber attack or an EMP, which is an electromagnetic pulse, and went down. From economic losses to threats to the healthcare system, practically every part of modern life would be touched by even a short-lived power grid failure. Some speculate nationwide blackouts for periods lasting months to years. Months you want to live without power for months to years? I have trouble living without power for an hour. So much of what I do is based on power. You know, everything this show runs on electricity. My car doesn't. <laughs> you know, that runs on gasoline. Uh, but everything else runs on electricity. Which is why I like to have power diversity. You like that term power diversity? That's when you have that's when you have a gas stove, a gasoline or diesel powered vehicle. Uh, and electricity in your house. That's power diversity. So draw your power from many sources. And those are my favorites. I don't—I have electric stove, but I'd rather have natural gas. Natural gas for the stove and the water heater, gasoline or diesel for the, the vehicle, and electricity for, for everything else in the house. That'd be a good diversity of power. Anyway, this is the first one, economic loss. It's first category here. There would be serious economic consequences if the American power grid went down. Even if only a portion of the country lost power, the amount of money lost would be staggering. In 2015, the University of Cambridge, that would be England, the University of Cambridge put out a risk report exploring what might happen if part of the United States power grid went down. So much for my Masterpiece Theater accent. For their analysis, they proposed that 15 U.S. states lost power. This area of the country was estimated to contain approximately 93 million people. That's about a third of the, of the U.S. population, us being about 330 million at this point. So it's almost 100 million. When the study examined the potential economic loss, it found that this number could be anywhere between 243 billion to 1 trillion. Well, hell, Congress just spent that. <laughs> so that's, a, that's not a big deal. Big <laughs> are conscious, you know, creating the next wave of inflation. That's why they did it. Anyway, it says in addition to the losses due to the power grid structural damage, loss of operations, and loss of energy sales, the, in, the insurance industry would also be ha- held to pay out substantial sums. The same report estimated that insurance companies would be paying claims that amounted to $21.4 billion to $71.1 billion. Still not a lot of money compared to how much Congress wastes. so I'm kind of surprised at that. Anyway, national security risk, next category. In addition to economic losses, a failed power grid would put America's national security at risk. What, any more than General Milley when he talked to his Chinese counterpart? I don't think so. This article, I think, is dated, but it's interesting. Back to the article. According to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, even a short-lived attack on the power grid could cause substantial interruptions for security systems and important lines of communication. What, we just have 5 million illegal aliens in the country now? I just thought I'd drop that in. Article says the chaos that most likely would erupt in our country... Weakens it from a national security standpoint as well. Refineries and chemical plants are a few sites that have the greatest potential to cause damage if the power grid goes down. Huh? That's interesting. Also, sewer systems, traffic lights, and public transportation would suddenly stop working. This lack of basic services could lead to all kinds of disorder in the streets. Given the the uh, government uh, giving the government an, ex- an excessive uh, of excessive problems to solve. Oh, they just clamp down with martial law. Is what they do? I mean, they've got what? Half a million guns, you know, a quarter of a million armed uh, bureaucrats and billions of rounds of ammunition. They're all set. They're ready for this. Anyway, does this kind of domestic disruption can leave the country more at risk from the outside threat from outside threats and attacks? No, I think more threat from the government. Government may do this just to have their uh, their civil war that they've been trying to uh, instigate for years now. The article says trying to solve the problems occurring at these sites will, without properly communicating and operating uh, machinery could cause serious threats to the surrounding environment and plants themselves. Then they got the healthcare system. Okay, this is where I'm curious, right? Because all your hospitals run on electricity, but they've got backup generators. Well, how long do those work? Well, I guess as long as the battery lasts. Well, then what do you do? Let's see what it says. Healthcare system. lights. It says another painful reality of a failed power grid is its impact on healthcare. For patients in a hospital relying on machines to stay alive, their lives are immediately at risk if the grid goes down. Yeah, all you folks on ventilators and uh, heart machines and things like that? Glad it didn't happen when I was in surgery. I'll tell you that. He says, while generators hopefully protect hospitals, uh, Venezuela found out the hard way in 2019 that they don't always get the job done. The generators were able to power emergency machines on some floors, but the elevators weren't working, meaning patients had extreme difficulty getting to the life-saving machines with power. I didn't think of that. Healthcare facilities rely on electricity for operations, including lighting, security systems, fire alarms, Egress systems—that's exit. HVAC—that's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Air conditioning, heating, and environmental controls. Patients also require food, water, and transportation, which require an electrical supply. The, there are many electronic devices, including heart monitors f- to record health records. Well, x-ray machines too, right? C—what CR, CR, are those things? MRIs, uh, CRT whatever those machines are that, that scan you, right? And a wide array of, of medical equipment that would be affected. Then we have the picture of the generator. <laughs> uh, and it says, in addition to impacts that uh, the power outage would have on society as a whole, it would also impact each individual person or family uh, suddenly living without power. Lights would be out everywhere as, world, as would elevators, refrigerators, freezers, or any other electrically powered parts or bu- uh, of uh, your building or home. Now, I remember this because I was in the, the hurricane, uh, Hurricane Sally. And the power went out for four or five days. I left the refrigerator closed. And actually, some of it was still cool enough to eat, surprisingly. But, uh, you know, you, anybody who's been through a hurricane or a flood or a tornado or an earthquake or any natural disaster knows that once your power goes, everything changes. It says you won't be able to charge your phone, connect to your Wi-Fi, or perhaps even use your phone at all. That's why I have batteries, folks, for my radio. (laughs) Cell phone companies would be impacted by the power outage as well, meaning that mobile data for making calls or sending messages could potentially be unavailable. The situation can become even more dangerous for elderly people or anyone else who who may depend on an elevator to move in and out of their home or a phone to call relatives in case of emergency. Don't get your medic alert uh, things there. I think they're battery operated. Some parts of the population might find themselves trapped in their homes without sufficient access to food or water. All right, Pianki's on the line, so I'm going to check in with him and see uh, see where he stands on this, because we talked about uh, this with him a little bit uh, yesterday. Pianki, welcome to the show. We've, we've been having an interesting time here today. How you been? Uh, I've been fine. You know, I
3: was just doing some checking on Missouri's power hmm. plants, and they get 74.4% uh, of its power is derived from coal, hmm. with uh, 8.7 natural gas. Hydroelectric two point four, wind eight point five, nuclear. They got we have one nuclear plant that's in Callaway County, which uh-huh. produces five point five percent. Petroleum point two, two <coughs> percent. So uh, and there's five different companies that own these these uh, plants, huh? Throughout Missouri. And The largest producer is one that I worked on, which was uh, Labity. It produces two thousand three hundred and seventy-one megawatts.
0: Wow, lots of power. Um, Are any of these power? Here's what's interesting about electricity: that I guess they consider it like a natural monopoly, so you don't have competing power plants. You, know, you don't have a city with like two or three, you know, options for power. Like, like your cable, <laughs> you know. They seem to, I guess the infrastructure is such that uh, like each area has its own power uh, area and of course this megawatt generator would have a pretty big area to cover, I think. Is it a St. Louis generator or somewhere else? Are I mean, they, what did you say? Well, the, the, the power plant you're talking about, is it is it by a major city? Because it sounds huge.
3: Oh, a lot way out in the country. <laughs> okay. Huh. Way west of St. Louis, in Labrador, Missouri.
0: And it's a coal plant?
3: Uh, the only thing you got, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coal.
0: You definitely did a coal. So, I don't know. We used really so dirty. So coal, and coal's not the most efficient burning. I think a, a lot of California power plants that were coal or even oil have transferred over to natural gas. Was there any effort to do that with any of your plants?
3: No, we got a tremendous large supply of coal. We only have one in uh, Missouri that runs off of natural gas, and that's the Dogwood facility. Well, I take that back. Nowadays, Noway is natural gas. James River Power Station is natural gas. You got about
0: three of them. So what's the difference? But uh, even <laughs> you're still making steam, and you're still using well, organic. Well, coal. Compounds.
3: What they do with the coal is they pulverize the coal. Coal right. comes in mm-hmm. uh, on trains, then it's conveyed, and mm-hmm. the coal chunks are pulverized. Okay, then they're blown into a a powder is blown into a flame, and it just creates a, a you know a larger heat.
2: Hmm.
3: These uh, steam chambers, some of these steam chambers are maybe four story tall. I mean, and they have pipes that run uh, alongside of them where water goes in, and the water is turned to steam, and steam is directed to turn the turbines on the uh, generators. You know
0: what's so fascinating about electricity generation is it all comes down to steam power, which is an ancient power. You know, it's uh, it fascinates me that whether it's a nuclear, uh, petroleum-based, that would be coal, oil, natural gas, or, or even solar, they still heat water and create steam. Steam is amazingly powerful.
3: Now we have a, a, a few of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That's uh, water generated in Bagno's Dam, Table Rock, and the other I can't think of the name of.
2: Huh. And that
3: comes from gravity, water falling over some turbines once again, and uh, and the White River too. You got the Table uh-huh. Rock Dam, you got White River, and Bagno's Dam on the Osage River. Bagno Dam is there at the at the entertainment center there in Missouri, where a lot of country and western is played. And uh, that's the hydroelectric plant.
0: Well, hydro makes sense where you've got flowing water. I think one of the biggest ones is up in um, on the New York-Ontario border uh, in Niagara Falls. The, the Niagara power plant is massive. I think it's on the Canadian oh, yeah, side. That's right. massive yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. how much water... I mean, you're talking the Great Lakes. We're talking, you know, Niagara Falls. How much water flows over both those falls? Huge amounts. Plenty of water to, to power the, the generators. You know, but you, that's only one place I know that has that much water uh, in the United States. I don't know any other place, you know, that has that much. Uh, you know, but I'm sure this St. Louis, you know, the, the Missouri and the Mississippi River have power plants along them, I would think. You know, that's how, they, that's how our country grew up. But um just, it just it all comes down to steam. I just it fascinates me. this all comes down to creating steam. a nuclear plant creates steam. <laughs> that you know seems like the the, the expansion of steam's got to be one of the most powerful forces in nature. Do you know how steam works? You're an engineering kind of person. What is it about steam? You know, from the steam engines, the trains, the Stanley steamer, the cars, you know the steam and in industrial process, the steam in the, in the power plants. You know, boiling water, vaporized water, this is what steam is, is amazingly powerful. Look what we do with it. We're still using it. Old technology, boiler, makes steam. Steam expands. Things move. I just find that interesting.
3: Yeah, it is. Now, the electricity is produced at these power plants. And it goes out to the transmission lines. And it goes across the transmission lines to different communities. Right. To little substations where the voltage is dropped, where it's not dangerous to get close to. And then yeah. it goes on from there. And we're talking about hundreds of little substations around little municipalities, subdivisions, so on and so on and so on.
0: Right. I got a, one of my articles. Actually, a couple of them have, uh, have a power grid, the way they distribute it. Uh, and there's like one, two, three, four, five, like six, like seven major power areas. Well, Alaska has a small one. But you've got the Western interconnection. They call it the WECC, which goes all the way. It's got uh, Washington. It goes up into Canada. So you have British Columbia and Alberta uh, on the west side. Then you've got uh, on the top, you've got Washington State, uh, Idaho, and I think that's Wyoming. Then you kind of draw a line south, you know, through Colorado. Uh, I guess that's, um, I'm not sure my state's that well. Anyway, it goes down to uh, New Mexico, Arizona. So that's the western region. It's a pretty region. Central region, uh, they call it the, the MRO. I guess it'd be the middle region. It uh, has uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and then it has the middle states like the Michigan's. No, uh, yeah, the Michigan, Minnesota area. Then you got this other one, this SPP area, which is like Oklahoma, uh, north of Texas. Texas is its own zone. This is why Texas had all those problems before, because of their own electric zone. So I don't think they connect with anybody else. So the Texas one can't, you know, channel power from other places. Uh, Florida has its own zone. The FRCC, the south, the southern regional, is its own zone. And then you've got a, a middle eastern region. Then you've got the northern region. So the, so the middle one is, is like Pennsylvania, New York, um, Ohio. All the way up to um, looks. Like, oh, actually, it looks like Illinois there too. Then you've got the northern region is New England and uh, the the northern Canada, Ontario, and Quebec. So North America is pretty divided up into these different regions. That's how they they structure the whole thing. So uh, and they are interconnected. They can transfer power from grid to another grid, except for Texas for some reason. But that's how they divide up the country and then these well, different regions in, for power. in
3: St. Louis, in in, uh-huh. in Missouri. They- you have transmission lines that go across the Mississippi River, a smaller river into Illinois, uh-huh. Illinois, town, and uh, they buy, they have co-ops, and they buy electricity from uh, Ameren. So you have that. So getting back to the whole thing about somebody says somebody's going to push a button, all the electricity in the United States is going to go out and just, I don't buy it myself. Well, and you know, about you talk about hospitals. Line. Yeah, go ahead. Hospitals have uh, backup generators. So when, it, mm-hmm. when the electric go off on the main line, it switches generators on, and they take over
0: until the problem can be solved. Well, they just talked about that in the previous article, that even though they in Venezuela, of course, that might be the case, the hospital generators were for the emergency uh, machines. Uh, the elevators were out. You know, some of the lights were out. You know, and so they had a, they had power, that they needed it. And those batteries are only temporary. Uh, well, maybe the generators, I man, I, I don't know if they're gasoline or how they run them, but if they have a, a no, it, generator, it, it, generator it
3: runs, generated runs off the generator, generated off in the, in battery is not, uh, yeah, no it, it's like a battery.
0: yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. Let me, um, give you uh, another one here. This is a different article here. This is from, uh, what do we got? Uh, from Homeland Security. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, they just advertised them. The website, ETS, yeah, I guess this is a government website uh, by James uh, Madia, September 8th, 2022. So this is recent. And I'm trying to find the website. Let me see if I can move this over a little bit. I the actual website here. Well, it says, today.us Homeland Security. This may be a government website. I'm not sure. It's printing is really small. Let me just make it bigger here. See, I'm looking at. It. Yeah, it says government technology. Oh, it is. It's a private website, GSC, um, but from Washington. Yeah, so uh, it says our electric substation attacks uh, the new normal, key to better infrastructure protection. So, uh, so the thing is, the problem with this is these things are fairly easy to protect. That's the part I don't understand. You know, Dr. Pry talked about that. That if they actually you know did this properly, we wouldn't have to worry about this. You know, especially considering we probably fixed all our power grid, you know, system and made it, um, you know, anti- or terrorist protective or preventive for a fraction of what we've already spent on Ukraine. That's the scary part. Anyway, he, says, he talks about uh, December 8th, the North Carolina attacks will certainly stimulate new conversations in the industry regarding risk, costs, and appropriate security measures. Well, i certainly doing it on my show, <laughs> that's for sure. Anyway, he says, for many Americans, the sabotage of the electric substations in Moore County, North Carolina was a shock. While we do not yet know all the details of the attacks, the reporting has consistently asserted that stage components were badly damaged by gunfire and what appears to be a coordinated and intentional assault. It's not going to throw gun control with people going after power stations. Just a thought. It says the public statements that follow the follow declaring an emergency and instituting a curfew and repair estimates of the out- outage lasting up to five days, provide hints to the potential scope of the damage da- scope of the damage While the incident is disturbing, it is certainly not without precedent. And here's the part I find interesting. As a researcher on energy security, I have studied over 5,000 attacks on energy infrastructure worldwide, including many in the United States. While domestic attacks on electric infrastructure are not common, they do seem to be on the rise. They may not be the new normal, but we should be paying attention. Well, I'm paying attention. See, this is what I'm noticing. Uh, I don't think it's all going to you know, collapse all at once, but why? What, w- there's some whys that we need to ask. Why are they increasing? Why are people shooting up power stations? It's not like they're going to get a, a benefit from that. You know, most people, you know, people rob banks for the money. They take hostages for the money. You know, they, they get in the drug business for the money. What, where's the profit in shooting up a power station?
3: They get silly people. Like in some areas, they used to go around shooting black Santa Claus off the roof.
0: Really? Never heard that. Yeah. I never heard of black Santa Claus. What's black Santa Claus? Tell me about that. Now that we're in Kwanzaa.
3: Christmas decorations. <laughs> right. So when they have a house decorated with Christmas decorations. and in the black community, they have black Santa Claus. And some really? people come by and shoot it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm curious about black Santa Claus, but it's disgusting anybody would shoot it. Of course, you know me. I probably put up a Jewish Santa Claus just to be, you know, prov- you know, provocative. <laughs> but uh, why, why black Santa Claus? I'm just, um, I'm just curious. I mean, why not? Oh, I mean, answer. A
3: but, black family yeah. would have a, a black family would have a black Santa Claus. After all, it's the husband that buys the president, isn't it?
0: Well, that's true. Do do. I wonder if other families have. Uh, different things. I mean, what, what about uh, Asian Christians? Do they have uh, Asian claws? I don't know. White families would have a white Santa Claus decorating their house. Well, I can see putting a black Santa Claus in. That might be interesting. It'd be different. White beard?
3: So in some areas where, where blacks would move into well, like a white area and they put up a
0: black Santa Claus,
3: somebody would mysteriously shoot their black Santa
0: Claus. Huh? Do you have any reports of that? This is—I've never heard this. This is—this is kind of interesting. That—are uh, we talking about segregation days? We're we talking about modern day.
3: Well, I haven't heard of it was modern because a lot of these areas they don't turn like ninety-five percent black. So, huh?
0: Black Santa Claus. I like—I've I just never heard. That's why I like exploring things that I don't know about. Okay, let's see what I can find out. I'll put a little star here. A little, a little my investigation.
3: Yeah, some St. Louis County areas. Uh, I can't think of the name. Berkeley? And uh, I can't think of the name of the other one. It'll come to me.
0: All right. No, I'm just curious. Like I said, I've never heard this before, but, uh, you know, we should address Kwanzaa, too. Castle (laughs) Point was another one.
3: Hmm. Castle Point, Missouri? Yes, yes, it did happen.
0: Well, the good news is not shooting a person. The bad news is somebody is, is uh, thinks that they, they have an actual. They think this is something that is, is you know tolerable and acceptable. It's not, you know. I mean, that's a, that's a, you want know, to talk about a racist hate crime, you know, that uh, shooting a black Santa Claus, you know, you, you know, that's well, that's kind of a weird motivation, you know. Are these? Are we talking? Because you would think that I wonder if, uh, if someone would consider themselves a Christian supporting of Christmas if you're shooting a black Santa Claus. Now, Santa Claus and Christian Christianity are different, but it just. It seems to me kind of strange. I'm I'm wondering what uh, what a motivation of a person would be to do that. What are they trying to accomplish? What's the, you know, this just this is very strange. Is it a way of saying get out of you know my neighborhood? We don't want your kind here. It's like like I heard when I moved to the, to uh, Florida, and that's what someone said to me on the radio.
3: Yeah. Now here's one thing, uh-huh. one plant that goes along it could possibly have those type of problems like reading, and that's the Tom Salk pumping storage plant there on the Black River uh-huh. near what's called Jonathan's Shut-In. Jonathan's Shut-In State Park is a state park that has a lot of caves that that was used by outlaws back in the day like Jesse James and so on and so on.
0: Really? I was wondering and how you the name Shut-In. That was interesting.
3: Yeah that power plant is operated by remote control with no one on site mm-hmm. during the pumping operation and back in 1984 no in 2005 that was a problem where the dam the, the uh, water storage breached and flooded out the area done some damage to the banks of the Black River and uh, also to Johnson shut it in State Park but the uh, you know, that didn't cause the whole area, the whole state to go out. It was just an area that depended on power generated at Tom Salk Park.
0: Huh. And so what kind of power they generated was, there? Said, how they generated? it? Pardon me? How did they generate the power there?
3: By storing water in the upper area in a waterfall, just like if it was on the river. Tom Salk is spelled T-A-U-M. S-A-U-K, by the way, in case somebody want to look it
0: up. Oh, sometimes Salk. the guy, that, the Jonas Salk that did the, uh, the vaccine, but that's a little bit different.
3: Yeah. Huh.
0: Okay. I got a new caller on the line, too, so I'm hoping they'll uh, check in with uh, uh, 917 area code and if you can uh, uh, put yourself here on uh, on live chat. Uh, and uh, if, it's, if it's one of the folks who's already checked in on live chat, just say hi. Just get first name, uh, approximate location, you know, state would be enough. Uh, and then uh, what you want to talk about, because yeah, I don't have you in my, in, in, you haven't called before. So first-time callers, I always like to uh, check. We're, we're working on uh, um, call screening stuff, I, and we'll have a person for that at some point here, as we get bigger and busier. But right now, the call volume, most people still listen by podcast. That's why I don't i don't worry about it too much. But uh, quick note here, at live chat, and uh, we'll see who you are, or I'll uh, probably take you in a little bit anyway, just because I'm curious now. This might be interesting. Um you know, it's a nuclear plant.
3: But a problem that I see with these uh, power generating oh. stations, a lot of them come under federal regulations. I think that that should be stopped and let the state manage them.
0: Well, let's think about that. So we have a Department of Energy. So what does the Department of Energy do? Is most of it, I think most of it's nuclear. I don't know if the Department of Energy has a hand in securing um, these power plants. They certainly don't have a hand in securing the, the substations, so they wouldn't be shot up. But I just find it interesting. Well, they can't do it. anything anyway.
3: Okay. You know, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, is a hmm. United States federal agency that regulates the transmission and wholesale of electricity and natural gas in interstate commerce and regulates the transportation of oil by pipelines in interstate commerce. I think yeah, states should see any take reason.
0: care of it. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, I don't see any reason for the Department of Energy. I think a lot of it, though, is nuclear. Uh, I think that's part of where they got their start, I mean, because uh, nuclear being a national security issue, much more so because of the nuclear weapons capability. So I can see why that is. You don't see nuclear plants being shot up. They've obviously got better security. So I'm, I'm feeling brave. Let me take a chance on my caller here. You know, I've already got the I've already got your number. So if you're a bad caller, you go on the bad list and you don't come back. Let's, let's, let's bring somebody new on here. If you're a good caller, then we'll welcome you to the show and ask you to come back anytime. So my caller, first time caller, welcome to Action Radio. Hey there, my name is Riley, and
1: oh God, I just pooped on my office It's everywhere. <laughs> There's poop all over.
0: So now you're on the bad list, and you'll never call my show again. That was easy. <laughs> this is why we need uh, call screeners. That was unfortunate. You know, why do people do that, Peony? You know, they get one chance. I mean, this show is going to be massive. We're going to have. Democrats I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Okay. because they're on holiday, and all of a sudden, hey, they're running the gamut on Trump, uh, this, Russian, Russian collusion. So. Yeah. So now, now they call our show and think that uh, this is somehow they they get there, and you know, it doesn't take me long to hit the the the, the kill switch. <laughs> it doesn't take me long to take you out. And because I record everybody's number, uh, I even told them to say, look. I record your number, so be a good caller. You get to come back and uh, be a bad caller, and uh, you're done. Well, he's done. He'll never be uh, at least not from that number. <laughs> yeah, I've had people switch numbers. I you know, well, track them down too. All right. Anyway, so what? What? So maybe I should look more into this. The, the whole Department of Energy thing. You know, why do we need them? Why are they here? Why? Uh, you know, what's uh, what's the big deal? But. You know, why is it just money? You know, do they do they have anything to do with defense at all? Are they with the nuclear subs, the nuclear aircraft carriers? Why do we have a Department of Energy?
3: I don't know, Greg. I know it is from reading here, it has five commissioners. Three uh-huh. can usually deal with one company and two with another no more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they go about raising money. It raises revenue to reimburse the United States Treasury for its appropriation through annual charges, to the natural gas, all electric industries, it regulates. That's kind of
0: strange. Hmm. We need to let do some more exposure on this here um, because, the you know, how much money did they get in the last budget? <laughs> you know, did they get part of that $1.7 trillion for something?
3: I would imagine there's a little there to get them going until they can go about collecting.
0: Huh. So if we have a Department of Energy supposedly managing these things, why why, uh, why haven't they regulated the branded insurrection and, and opened up our pipelines? You would think that the Department of Energy would want us to have more energy. So why aren't they increasing the supply? Why aren't they advocating for more pipelines? Why, aren't they, why did they not object to Keystone being shut down? You know, what's the problem? Who runs that? Is that Granby, what's her name, Jennifer Gran something or other? Granby, Granholm, Gran person. That, uh, yeah, thanks, think so. Yeah, yeah, her. She, her name's She's French, yes. But she she she's got her liberal credentials. I know that. Granholm, Jennifer Granholm, I think is her name. Anyway, but she's made some pretty preposterous statements about energy and what can and can't be done. But she did say the power plants are vulnerable. You know, at least she knows that much. But where is the Department of Energy when it comes to keeping our energy going? It doesn't seem like they are are doing anything about it. Well, you know, you, at know, least if not you really
3: wanted to come some problems. <clears throat> Yeah, probably. Uh, those LNG terminals and liquid natural gas terminals, mm-hmm. uh, those terminals would be highly vulnerable to terrorists, probably more so than – the sub- well, I know more so than the substation. Because if uh, one of those deals was to blow up, it would be probably like a Hiroshima bomb, hmm.
0: Yeah, it's this seems to me a preventable problem. Mm-hmm. Not dealing with it as a preventable problem. I mean, P-I, uh, Dr. Pry would say that they just don't want to spend the money. I think there's more to it than that, um, or it could be that and laziness and other stuff. Let me get you a couple more uh, paragraphs here. So here we've got much. This is back to my article, the one I was reading before from. Uh, uh, it Looks like it says Homeland Security. Oh, that's an ad. Oh, it's home. Oh, the, the website looks like Homeland Security. G T S C. You know, homelandsecuritytoday.us. <laughs> I'm not sure who it is. I don't think it's a government website, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it is. Anyway, that's where I'm reading from. I post this article in, uh, um, I'm not sure, oh, I forget where I posted it too. Probably in the Action Radio uh, group page. All right, it says here, uh, much of the media coverage of North Carolina attacks focused on comparisons to the 2013 attack on the Pacific Gas and Electric Company's Metcalf substation. That was the one in San Jose. During the Metcalf incident, the attackers used assault rifles, this is a government website then, severely damaging 10 uh, 500-kilovolt transformers, three 230-kilovolt transformers, and 615-volt circuit breakers. This attack cost PG&E an estimated $26 million in repairs and environmental cleanup efforts. If not for the early detection and reporting, boy, it was gunfire, I'm sure people heard it, right? The loss of the Metcalf substation's electric capacity could have blacked out parts of Silicon Valley. Well, that's interesting. Metcalf was not the first domestic sabotage incident involving electric infrastructure, and it would not be the last. And then it goes on to say here, the next little subheading, attacks on U.S. electric infrastructure. High-voltage t- transmission towers. Pianke, this is what you talked about. High-voltage transmission towers were intentionally toppled in Santa Cruz, California, in 1990. What, environmental wackos? Oregon in 2003, Oak Creek, uh, Wisconsin in 2004, and again, in Little Rock, Arkansas in 2013. Every one of these incidents resulted in loss of power to thousands of homes and businesses and significant economic impacts to the electric utilities. Two of these attacks resulted in arrests and convictions. Two? Wait, just two? That sucks. It says after the Metcalf attack, the trend shifted to shooting at substation transformers. First in Franklintown, Pennsylvania in 2014, next in Kanab, Utah, that's K-A-N-A-B, 2016, and then in Lake Worth, uh, Florida, 2018. In February 2022, three men were convicted in federal court of plotting to attack the U.S. power grid. Wow. Their plan was to attack various electric substations in different regions of the United States. Their neo-Nazi beliefs motivated the attack plan. Okay, so they're leftists. Interesting. I hear you're shuffling papers there. Shall I continue, or did you have a comment? No, I was just... I'm sort of grinning. <laughs> well, they said they call them neo Nazis. They're trying to apply those to right wing conservatives. But as we all know, Nazis are leftists. So skinheads are leftists. Nazis are leftists. You know, neo Nazis are leftists. Real Nazis, you know, from Nazi Germany, are leftists. That's what they do. You, you don't see yeah, conservatives the in and patriots. What's that?
3: Yeah. What they're talking about doing, and it's putting armed guards around every transmission tower and so on and so on. The price of electricity would be so high people wouldn't be able to afford it.
0: No, I think armed guards are a stupid idea. You know, I think uh yeah, I it's think kind of Not
3: a toppling, mm-hmm. Yeah, the toppling of transmission lines. I'm sorry, towers. You know, like we talked about yesterday, if people want uh-huh. to do something, then they could. I mean, that would be an alter a, a way that they could do to cause a lot of disruption. But... Uh, I don't worry about that as much as uh, some people make it out to be.
0: Yeah, well, like you, you know, say, why, a, would
3: somebody, why would it, Why would a group? Why would a group want to cause chaos? What the heck are they going to gain from that? Is that going is to the, cause them to take over the state? Take, take over the country?
0: Well, that's the question I asked. Where's the profit in it? Where's Where's the gain? Where's the? Uh, you know, they're not holding. It's not like they're holding the substation for ransom, saying, "Give us what we want." You know, free the people of. Uh, I don't know, free the whatever, you know, prisoners. If you, you notice conservatives don't do that. Conservatives are not taking any hostages saying free the January 6th people from the D.C. Gulag. We don't do that kind of stuff. But the left does. <laughs> but you know, there's no, there's no uh, you know, free Guantanamo. You know, nobody's taking over a power substation saying we're going to shoot up this power station unless you close Tomino, Guantanamo. Nobody's doing that. They're just shooting them up. This, this is why I'm confused. It's, it's not what they're doing. It's why they're doing it. Because there's no ransom. Nobody's asking for it. There's no profit in it. There's nothing to gain. Oh, well, yeah, I may make a lot of people upset, and, but they know the power stations are going to come back on. The equipment gets replaced, you know, and, and people get their power back. So it's annoying. It's expensive. But it doesn't, you know, stop the country. So why do it? Interesting question. Anyway, I, I like this neo-Nazi that beliefs is. motivated the attack. I wish they would explain that. What neo-Nazi beliefs motivated the attack? Because the, the Nazis were for totalitarian control, uh, much like we have now. <laughs> so, so why would why would why would real neo-Nazis, you know, attack uh, our power grid when they're getting exactly what they want from the Brandon insurrection? They're getting a leftist, Marxist, totalitarian, uh, mandating government. Why would they do it? They already got what they want. <laughs> I don't get it unless they want another Holocaust. you know, So uh, let me read more here. We've we got, only got a few minutes left. It says, in March 2022, utility workers at the Red River Valley Rural Electric Association in Ardmore, Oklahoma, that's A-R-D-M-O-R-E, were called to a substation where one of the transformers had been damaged by gunfire. It She's always gunfire. This seems to be a recurring theme here, right? The damage resulted in a million-dollar cost and 1,200 residents without power. The incident was relatively small in scale and only reported locally. Yeah, that's why we didn't hear about it. Uh, In July 2022, East River Electric was the target of of an attack that damaged substation equipment. The Keystone Pipeline system near Huron, South Dakota, is powered by the targeted substation and was forced to shut down uh, part of the system for several days while repairs were completed. Now, see, I can understand leftists closing down the Keystone Pipeline. Environmental wackos, leftists, neo-Nazis, those kind of folks, you know, would would probably do that because they hate the pipeline. It was in the news. So that became a Keystone became a target as soon as it was in the news, and the fact that Trump okayed it is also a reason that leftists would attack it. You don't get your power, you don't get your oil. Sorry. This is this week. CBS News reported on a federal law enforcement memo describing similar situations across the U.S., presumably substation attacks, specifically in Oregon and Washington. CBS quoted the memo, including the possible quote physical attacks on substations using hand tools, arson, firearms, and metal chains possibly in response to the, an online call for attacks on critical infrastructure. If the reporting is accurate, there could be more attacks than previously known. Well, who's called for attacks on critical infrastructure? I don't know. Do you know? Who's out there saying bring down the electric grid? Or is that something deep within Antifa, Black Lives Matter, you know, Marxists, uh, anarchists, and things like that that we don't know about? Who's doing that?
3: Probably nobody until they read a story like that.
0: Yeah. Well, let me continue on. Look what I just found. Domestic extremist groups intent on attacking the grid. Guess who's going to get the blame? The Duke Energy attack in Moore County is the third reported attack this year. While it is impossible to know how many attacks go unreported, this attack frequency is concerning. However, it is not only the successful attacks that are a cause for concern. Attack-related chatter from domestic violent extremist groups has been on the rise, as has the number of thwarted plots. Of course, you don't know, so name any groups, right? You know, it's like name a white supremacist group. Well, as in the you neo-Nazis, know, I can't think of one. Aryan Brotherhood, you know, and they were all leftists. So, so name a, a white supremacist group. I don't see one. Name a white nationalist group. Go ahead name one. They don't, you know, because this is all made-up stuff. Extremist groups use social media, chat rooms, and other platforms to share information and disseminate their ideologies. Well, wait a minute. If, if you've got Section 230, they can take off anything that they find objectionable. Why would that stuff even exist on social media? They would just remove it, wouldn't they? Unless it's leftist, right? We know how this works. Conservatives get removed. Leftists get to say whatever they want. Then it says much of the chatter has specifically encouraged attacks against substations and other components of the power grid. In some cases, using the Metcalf attack, that's the San Jose one, as an example of how to conduct such operations. One group claimed to have detailed maps of the power grid for the Western United States. Well, I've got that in articles. I can look that up in five seconds, right? Then it says members of another extremist group were arrested with weapons and explosives near Las Vegas in 2020. This group also had plans to attack electric substations. So is this the case of the agent provocateur? Is this the government saying that those patriots out there, those, those conservatives, those independents, those libertarians, those Christians want to bring down the power grid without naming anybody, but just sort of hinting with using words like extremist and, and, and other things like that, you know, uh, extremist groups, violent tendencies. Who even knows about electric substations? I never knew anything about them. I just saw the, uh, these, these wires sticking out of these gray machines. I don't know what a substation is. Who does? Don't you have to be taught about that kind of stuff? I mean, who, who goes up and looks up substations and the electric power grid? It's not something most people care about or even know about. So who's being set up here, Pianchi? Who's being set up for a fall?
3: It probably wouldn't be a conversation until you have articles
0: like this. Mm. And again, like I say, a lot of times I don't read the articles all the way through before I present them on the air. Uh, and the reason I do that, don't do that is I like my spontaneous reaction. Well, I got a real spontaneous reaction to this one. This looks like a government setup. This would be the government. This is this is like this is January 6 all over again, right? So January 6 was a result of. FBI agents, agent provocateurs, FBI, KGB, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and international people that were hired to walk into the Capitol and fake an insurrection. When the real insurrection went on below the Capitol, but they needed the distraction to take away what they were really doing under the Capitol. We've talked about that. We know that uh, the Trump supporters weren't there doing it because Arizona, when Arizona came up for an electoral challenge, which was the whole point of January 6th, they were already breaking in. But Trump was still speaking. And he was talking about peacefully going to the Capitol, which is forty-five minutes walk away. And I didn't know that because Josie was there and, and Jonathan Mosley was there. They called us January 6th. Anybody wants to, you can listen to our January sixth show with Jonathan and Josie reporting directly from the Capitol. They were there. We were getting, you know, in real time. We had real time reports. <clears throat> so we know what happened. And I've seen the videos. Nick Cersei on One American News. They just aired his video again, you know, describing all the stuff that happened there. But the whole point of January 6th was to, uh, was to break in and stop those electoral challenges to the battleground states so the Trump electors were not, were not considered. That's the coup. That was the, that's the whole coup. Because if they can stop the Trump electors and stop the challenge, that's what Mike Pence's job was, was to make sure that the Trump electors never got through, that the states, the state legislatures that put forward Trump electors, and that would be Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Michigan, Minnesota, um, Georgia and, and uh, Pennsylvania that those challenges never came up. The only way to make sure that those challenges never came up was to stop the proceedings. And the only way to stop of the proceedings was to stop Congress from meeting. And the only way to do that with all those Trump supporters there was to bring them to the top of the Capitol. And there, ladies and gentlemen, is the coup. Now, knowing how much these folks are demonized, knowing how much the FBI KGB has put people in prison for simply being there as, as, as unwilling, You know, participants in their coup. It makes perfect sense to me that as they, as the FBI, KGB, and the and the the Department of Injustice and and national the Ministry of Internal Security, right? As they go after people, they go after parents who speak at school board meetings. They go after people like me, you know, by censoring me, making sure my message doesn't get out. Although we seem to be getting around it now, more and more people are sharing the show and our bills. Things are. This is going to be a very big year. As more and more of these things happen, our voices are getting bigger and louder. Okay, you know my voice is really big and loud when I won't be here. <laughs> you know I'll be sitting in an FBI place and they'll be trying to threaten me and scare me. Yeah, good luck. Well, not getting me, but me. I don't scare easily. Anyway, um, but that's what's going on. This is the same type of operation. You demonize the group. You, 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 you go on media and say, these extremists are trying to stop your power grid. They're trying to sabotage. They're shooting up power grids. And who's doing it? The, the government themselves. It would not surprise me, Pianchi, it would not surprise me one bit if if these are government tactical teams that are going in, shooting up power stations, because there's no benefit for a criminal, there's nothing in it for them, shooting up these stations so they can then blame the people that they want to go after, conservatives, Christians, patriots, independents, libertarians, and say that those extremists are really left-wing when they're really right-wing, you know, calling conservatives Nazis, which is a contradiction, and that this is really, the government is actually behind all of this, and they've been doing it for years. That's what I think. Pianchi? Good point. (laughs) I almost spewed my water all over the microphone. (laughs) I did go on there for a few minutes, but that's basically it. What else could it be? Who else would shit up a power station except a, a, a government team that's paid to do it? Criminals don't want their power shut off. You know, industries don't want it shut off. You know, the, the even the global warming people don't want their power shut off. They just want it, you know, generated a different way. So the only people who could possibly want it shut off is the government. Who else would do it? Give me another theory. Let's uh, anybody is there anybody else who has an interest in shutting off power by shooting up substations, other than the government itself, so they can demonize people. Well, you
3: know. The- Government activity regulation has a lot to do with uh, the price of energy. Uh And uh, that influence causes your electrical bills to be high. Now, you have to have state regulatory agencies that's going to do the job that they're supposed to be doing. But when you turn it over to the federal government, then you lose control. And you know, another thing, we talk about the federal government not having any policing powers. Well, they don't, but they do have these regu- regulatory powers. And then if you don't follow the regulations, they want to find you. Mm-hmm. That has to be considered.
0: Yep. There's a lot of things here. Let me get to another paragraph. I'm probably going to extend a little bit over time. I thought it'd be done early today, but no, this just keeps getting more and more interesting as I read more stuff here. Then he says, "In my research, and this is a, I'll look at the author of the articles here, so we know we're talking about James Madia, M-A-D-I-A, from this undistinguished website." Uh, it says featured subject matter areas infrastructure security. Uh, it's got homeland security at the top. It's got GTSC. I'm not, sh- I can't even identify this thing. I got to look more at uh, at who these people are. Let me let me hit the home button just for a second. Then we'll be uh, right back to this electric substation. Make sure I get my right article here. All right, so let's go see what let's see what the home page says. I want to identify this website. And see if I can find out who they are. Uh, NTT Data, optimizing... No, that's not it. Uh, It just says Washington, D.C. This is a mystery website, Pianchi. I don't know what I got. Oh, then they got another... Oh, this is going to be interesting. I think they got some white supremacist thing they they just said here, too. All right, so let me see if I can get back to the right article.
2: Uh,
0: That's not it. That's not it. Uh, Oh, I think I found it. All right, so here we go. Now I can get back to my article. Yeah, <laughs> this is an interesting website. I, I can't identify this one properly, which, now, which really has me curious now. Let me tell you what else they said. He says, in my research, I found a statistical correlation between separatist groups, oh, here we go, and a preference for energy infrastructure attacks. Oh, really? And what is that statistical correlation? Dude, I don't see any evidence of that here. Then he says, many of today's domestic right-wing and neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups, of course, those are totally different. Right-wing and neo-Nazis are polar opposites. They have nothing to do with each other, and yet they're in the same sentence. So domestic right-wing and neo-Nazi domestic extremist groups have similar grievances against the government and large institutions. Well, that's categorically impossible. Neo-Nazis want another Holocaust, and they want, it, you know, they want everybody who's not a Nazi removed. All right? Uh, any right-wing group, <clears throat> the far right wing wants anarchy. It's the exact opposite of the Nazis who want totalitarianism. This is fascinating. Sorry for coughing. Then he says they embrace ideologies that seek the fall of government or, or current systems, a reset. Well, that's not true either. Who's the reset? That's Klaus Schwab and the globalists. They're the ones that want the reset. This thing is pure propaganda now. This is getting even more interesting is the theory: is that attacking the power grid is one method to bring about that change. Many extremist groups refer to this as—I never heard this word—accelerationism. Pianki, what the hell does that mean? What's accelerationism? Are you there? The
3: left create new words and defi- new definitions.
0: This is a government word. Listen to this. I got to do this article again. I, I had no idea all this stuff was here. It says accelerationists seek to hasten the collapse of society by sparking unrest. Well, that would be Black Lives Matter and Antifa, which, you, which is what the Ku Klux Klan used to do. So this is left-wing government. This is, this is, this is, what they're really talking about is the government. The government's doing this. The government's creating groups that they want to blame for doing what the government wants done. This is fascinating. Uh, then it says uh, there are other groups and individuals who have the desire Oh, this is my 10-second warning, desire to target electric infrastructure for a variety, a variety of reasons, but the accelerationist groups have emerged as a central threat. I've never heard this term. Here's a quote. We have seen a significant uptick in DVE chatter surrounding sabotage and physical attacks on the distribution and transmission substations. That's former DHS Assistant Secretary for Inter- Infrastructure Protection, Brian Harrell, who told HST. Oh, HS Today, I guess that's his website, after the Moore County attacks. The quote is, the utility industry is aware of these concerns, and over the years, proper investments have been made to mitigate such attacks. Oh, really? What have they done? However, a determined adversary with insider knowledge as to what to shoot and how to cripple key components is difficult to stop. Therefore, the energy sector invests in resilience. Well, wait a minute, Pianchi. Who has detailed knowledge of what to shoot? What do you know about power stations? If you were to shoot something at a power station, what would you shoot to cause the most damage? I don't know. I don't either. So obviously those of us who are allegedly right-wing have no clue what this person is talking about.
3: This. Yeah, is somebody much- is putting information. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's a conspiracy. And they're fostering this uh, behavior. Which, of course, some idiots is going to take it upon themselves. It's kind of like a library. You go and just pull out books on how to do this, that, and the other. They're called mayhem.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just going to finish this one section. Apparently, this article goes on for quite a ways. Huh. Let me just finish this one little section here. Uh, electric oh this is electric infrastructure protection is challenging. Let me just hold it right there. Let's hold it right there for today because we're it's ten o'clock already here. And I want to I want to start the show with this article. <laughs> and I'm going to skip all the other electric stuff in the front. I'm going to find out who these people are. I'm going to find out what they're reporting on. Uh, I'm going to post this article so everybody can see it. This now this is written December eighth. So I think I think what we've got here is a preview is what of what the government's going to do this year. This is going to be the new frontier. Wait till you hear the word accelerationism. Wait till you hear about domestic groups that are trying to sabotage our power grid. I think the government's been practicing this for about 10 years. I think they've used the attacks like the one in San Jose, uh, California with the AK-47s. I think they know exactly how to shoot up these places. I think they know what to shoot to cause the most damage, or they shoot the things that cause initial damage that are easily replaced. There's more to this. Now, now my conspiracy side's going, what the hell's going on here? I'm going to put, you know what these articles are? They're all in the Action Radio Special Investigations page. That's where I put them. This one's there, but I had no idea all this stuff was there. So in conclusion, Pianchi, before we pick this up tomorrow, Homeland Security wants to use power stations to demonize patriots, America Firsters, Trumpers, Christians, and white people. That's what I think is going on here. We should have knew it was coming we can't know everything. I mean, we're good, but we're not perfect. But now we know. Now we know. So watch, the news for, know. Terms like a, yeah, watch for terms like accelerationism. That's the, that's the new term. I got to look that up. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do between now and tomorrow's show. Thank you, sir. Love having you on. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's continue this tomorrow. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Okay, just a couple of things. One, I've, I've played all the stuff I normally play, so I'll just tell you now that the website here is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. If you want to catch all the good legislation, the stuff that we do off the air, go to writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. If you want to contribute to our, our, our fund and get knowledge that nobody else is telling you, uh, you're not going to hear this, you're not going to hear accelerationism, I don't think, on the news yet until the government's ready to release it to their media puppets where they all, all the talking heads say the same thing, but you know it now. Forearmed is forewarned, or forewarned is forearmed, or something like that, whatever it is. Anyway, writeyourlust.com, com slash citizen action. Help us out at givesendgo.com slash action radio. That's givesendgo.com slash action radio. I'm looking for sponsors. You know, you want to sponsor the show, have me create an ad for you. Uh, that's at uh, paypal.com slash paypalme slash action radio. Uh, and so we'll talk. We'll see what you want. I'll make you an ad, and away we go. Let me uh, close with the 1812 Overture because I like the 1812 Overture. (laughs) I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. We will pick up this discussion then. I wonder if I should play that at the end of the show every day. Hmm. Let me know.